Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 73 here on Monday, March 12th, 2018. Daylight Savings Time is upon us. It's nice and bright out at night, and WrestleMania is coming up in the next few weeks as we march <laughs> through that. Uh, I am Joe Morata. This is still, last time I checked, last time I looked at him, Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. How are you doing, man? Wow. Daylight savings. Daylight huh? savings. Gonna be getting dark around seven tonight. Obviously, we're live here this morning. Right. Of course. <laughs> of course. Always, and, always uh, live. We're here to talk about the retro wrestling. That's what we do, Michael. What's that? Well, it's the older stuff. It's okay. not the current stuff. Yeah. However, in light of the current stuff, uh, WrestleMania coming up on April 8th, we have a bunch of things that are going to be going on. We have the Hall of Fame Bites. They're making a return. Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to the legacy, Ever. whenever that is. <laughs> yeah, those are always fun. I'm, I'm, Hopefully we don't, I don't have a think, flood. Yeah, I don't think they announced it. No, not yet. Yeah. Not, not, not that I'm aware of. Anyway, yeah. maybe later today they will. Maybe you they know, will. As the, or... as the sun rises and the cock crows. Yeah. Uh, but folks, before I start crowing about the retro wrestling, just wanted to <laughs> remind you of a few things. You can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us if you'd like at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the place for everyone to kind of band together and yes. talk about the retro wrestling is our Facebook group. Yes, uh, Facebook.web, the the only site <laughs> where you can um, converge and talk about retro wrestling with us. Yes, and no judgments. No judgments. You just go to that little search bar on the Facebook, type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, yep. and kaboom, you're in. You just hit the join button, and that's it. That's that's all you got to do. Um, kaboom. Usually, we uh, just... You know, we hit the your your in button. That's what it says on the button, and then um, that's that's the way it goes. Really, that's it. And you can feel free to ask any stupid question or any smart question. Of course, uh, you can remind us of stuff, post gifts, links, videos. You can do all sorts of things on there. They 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 let you. <laughs> they, there's a photos button, uh, all sorts of pictures. It's and great. Giffies and videos. Everything, really. So, so go over there and do that because it's fun. It is fun. Uh, another thing you can do is you can listen to us on a variety of uh, platforms. The platform you're choosing. We're hosted on SoundCloud for now, much to the uh, chagrin of Mike Crockett, who yes, I'll mention in a second. Yes, I know. He's very uh, upset. <laughs> if you don't want to listen on SoundCloud, and I don't blame you, you can reach us on a variety of platforms. First and foremost, we want to mention Apple Podcasts, where they can leave us a review, Quinn. Yes, uh, five stars only is the only ones we accept. Not that we have really any control of that, but um, we like those ones we because do. it helps uh, people know that this exists. It does. Uh, good feedback, you know, lets people think, oh, you know, people actually listen to the show. Yeah, they're like, whoa, there's, I'm not the only one, <laughs> you know, like, so there's that. And yes. then you can also get us on uh, Google Play Music, That's right. Stitcher. Uh huh. FM player uh-huh. and auto. Who cares? Yeah. Whoa, yeah. auto got it this time. Yep, and, Thank you, Gorilla. Uh, all the places you can get podcasts, basically. We're, we're there. We're there. 
Don't yeah, worry. That's it. You can find us. Another place you can uh, find us is at Patreon, actually. If you really like the show to the point where you want to contribute, and I'm not talking like, oh, we have hosting costs that we got to pay. The show's paid off. But if you love the show and you want to contribute to it, we do accept that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But it's not just a give me your money uh, and you get the regular show. No, you get you this get show stuff. You get, yeah, because yeah, this show you're listening to now is free and will always be free. Yeah, even for now, the even just like a buck you get stuff on this so what do we got quinn so um let's let's go from the bottom to the top this time that's how, how we that? started right okay yeah started from the bottom now we're here for the one dollar contribution you get to see the raw unedited video footage of us making this thing every that's right week. you um, want to see what shirt i'm wearing right now <laughs> yeah you can see it uh you, maybe you're watching it right now Richard i don't know Land is. yeah but yeah for one dollar a month that's it. that you get that yep and what if they want to double down to two bucks Say you want to contribute about a cup of coffee's worth to us, right? Every week you will get additional content in the form of OVP commentaries. And what is that? Every Friday, we take a match from the WWE Network. Yeah. So if you have a subscription, which most of our fans, I think, do, you sync up to the time code that we give you and you hear me and Quinn Go over the details of the match, our opinions on it. We actually give star ratings, which is rare. It's yeah. only for the commentaries. And it's like we're Gorilla and Bobby, kind of. Kind of. And it's, it's very neat how it, it all works, really. I'd, I'd say it's neat. And uh, there's even a $3 option, Quinn. Yes, what is that all the about? $3 option, uh, every month, you will receive a video review. Yep, first of every month. The first of every month, you'll receive a video review of 1982 WWF. And we've been going sequentially through the year of 1982 because... Yep. That's when uh, Vince Jr. McMahon over there, he decided to buy the company and things change. And we're watching those changes happen. Although it's not very, you good. know, right where we're at right now, not, nothing much is happening. But I'm like, they're building towards like something. Yes. They, and you they can are. see it, right? Yep, absolutely. And they're, you can find out what that something is if you uh, contribute $3 a month. $3 a month. So that's our Patreon. Donate if you wish. If you don't, hey, that's fine. You know, you're going to get this show every single Monday, no matter what. Uh, another thing that we want to mention is we got the Hall of Fame Bites. As I mentioned, they're every Thursday until WrestleMania. Join Quinn and I in video or audio form as we talk about two inductees or so of the Hall of Fame. We've also going to have, uh, we'll have some details later on in the month about this. Scott Keith will be coming back. He's coming back to talk about Mania. To talk about Mania right before WrestleMania, probably the Friday or Thursday before. We will be talking to Scott Keith about the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of WrestleMania. Right. And real quick, a couple of plugs here. There's two podcasts that we're big fans of. We have the wrestling podcast about nothing, WPAN. It is hosted by wrestler Brian Malonis of Ring of Honor and other promotions. Yeah, ever hear of him? Ever hear of him? An independent wrestling referee on an extended hiatus. Mean Mike Crockett as they give you some details on the ins and outs of the wrestling business, which they have worked in for many years. Quirky, unique, fun show. They get a little retro, a little current, a little opinion. Check them out. The wrestling podcast about nothing. WPAN. And of course, our little brother, Quinn, Petey. Yeah, little Petey. Little whimsical Petey. He, he hosts his one-man show. He's very lonely. I like show. his show, actually. Show. I, I've Fantastic started listening show. regularly. I enjoy it. I love um, it. It's, it's a huge, great show. What, what is it show. called again, Joe? Greetings from Allentown. Yes. GF Allentown. So it's like you're in Allentown, you yes. know, that dumpy place that we're <laughs> reviewing every month. Yep, that's you know? right. And he basically each week will take you on a journey, an entire journey, which includes his childhood, his college days, yes. various inter intertwined stories throughout the, uh, you know, Mabel match you might be watching yeah, or something or like some that. Shit. Yeah. Fantastic show. Greetings from Allentown. You can find it on the Pro Wrestling Holy Feed. 
Yeah, that place to be. Nation. It's got a veritable, the veritable, uh, a veritable amount of podcasts or something. So check out GF Allentown. Quinn, we have the wrestling butterfly effect. Yes, and, we uh, do. We do. And, you know, uh, we're alternating picks. It's basically the what if of what might have happened in the world of retro wrestling. Last week was my pick, and we talked about what if the MSG incident hadn't happened. Right. Quinn, you got something for me this week. Let's hear it. Well, this week, I thought we'd uh, dive into another weird theoretical, I guess, because that's what this is, right? That's what it is. What if Ric Flair didn't go back to WCW in, you know, early 93? Yeah. That's great. Okay. So, great one. So, yeah, flap those wings, butterfly. Let's figure <laughs> out what the hell would have happened here. Quick two-minute backstory, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. So, in July of 1991, July 1st, Jim Hurd who was running the WCW. Pizza the Man or whatever his name is. The Pizza Hut Man. He fired Ric Flair. Dumbest asshole ever met in my life. Who at the time was the WCW and NWA, technically. Biggest star they had. Uh, Yeah. What a a great idea. Let's fire the best thing we have. I know. And he had been a stalwart of the NWA for about 15 years at Mm -hmm. that point, since the later 70s. Flair then, a little bit later... August of 1991, begins to get name-dropped on WWF television by Bobby Heenan, who's carrying the NWA World Championship belt. The big gold belt. belt. The belt. Like, it's actually on WWF prior to, like, 2002 or whenever it was there. A one, maybe, with Booker T. Yep. This happens to be the real championship belt. That's not Hogan's belt, Brain. I know the champ's belt when I see it. Flair then, of course, goes on to have a, a solid great run in my opinion uh, wins the 92 rumble becomes champion great match best rumble match of all time fights right. randy savage in that great feud just an overall good year, good year. Um, something that belongs in rick flair's like trajectory uh, yeah his catalog of matches or whatever in his career that Absolutely. wwf run is like it's like picked off yep. picked up where he left off kind of thing like he just was rick flair he's there he is like in it's wwf essential to his legacy i think yeah uh he leaves in End of January, early February 1993, after losing a loser leaves town to Mr. Perfect. A great match on Raw. Now, what was the the deal behind that? It's something with WCW, new management. They wanted him back, and yeah. he was happy to come back. It was a, it was a mutual uh, decision, I think, where I don't know who initiated it, but both Vince McMahon and Ric Flair were basically like, all right, I think I'm done here. Yeah. You know, there's nothing more for me to do. I'm going to go back to WCW. No, no hard feelings. No hard like, feelings. I don't think Vince was getting prepared to, like, fire Ric Flair for any no. reason. Perfect black one, two, yeah! But let's say that um, the pizza man or whatever is still there or, or something or politics and they don't want Ric Flair and WCW. What does he do in WWF? Is that what, is yeah. that how we're going to start this? So I wanted to make a rule here. Let's just say that this the way this plays out will front load it is sure. that Ric Flair just never goes back to W. Like the whole like he's there to leave the memories alone. Um, so, so cause, yeah, because after that, I would assume Flair's career trajectory would kind of be the same. Like he might go away, take a break, become the owner. Yeah, all that WWE, shit would okay. probably happen. I'm assuming. Okay. Like I'm just like let's fill in the blank here. Like what here, would happen? Here's what I would say. Yeah, his, his 93. Knowing that he's not leaving, tell me what you think of this, Quinn. And you fans at home, let us know what you think would have happened too. Knowing that he's not leaving after Rumble 93, instead of um, them doing the Loser Leaves Town against Perfect, they just have a great mid-card but highly promoted match at WrestleMania 9. 
Right. I think that's the the most logical thing, right? Because yep. Blow that if feud Flair off. wasn't leaving, I think the perfect feud would have been what was going into WrestleMania, not Correct. not just blown off out in Raw or some Correct. shit. Like, yeah. And then you do Perfect and Luger down the road because they wanted to do that feud too. So that that's comes at, later. Like, SummerSlam or something. I don't right, know. Right, or King of the Ring, but whatever, now, right? Flair, let's focus so, on Rick. Flair so here. I would put Perfect over him at WrestleMania 9. Yeah. Give give Perfect that big win. It's Ric Flair. He'll be okay. Now, with Flair there, right? Uh-huh. This is maybe just a stupid assumption. And sure. I know Bobby left for other reasons. But do you think Flair being there and Bobby, you know, he seemed happy working with Flair. Maybe not, like, traveling being his with Flair. Though, but being his cheerleader. Yeah, that seemed like a fun job for him. It was great. He could have continued to do that you from the Bob, table. Let, let's, let's see. Does this affect Bobby leaving? No. Per se? No, no, no. Do you think he still leaves? Bobby left because Vince offered him a pay cut okay. in late 93, and Bobby was tired of, of traveling anyway. Yeah. So that kind of didn't factor into the Flair okay. thing. But let's just say that Flair loses to Perfect at WrestleMania 9. Right. Savage, the Savage feud is long blown off, right? Right. They don't, I don't think they would return to that because Babe Ruth over there has right. to Babe Ruth <laughs> it up. Like, do you give flair a feud with someone very high profile or is he like a mid carter for for the balance of 93 where do you go um, with him in general tones i here? don't know like i think he should have been like more of a living legend role new world owner a stalwart that continues to wrestle i'm not saying like make him tito santana or something he's rick flair i mean come on like you sure. know what i mean I think what it would have dramatically improved was something like 1995, right. where you have like a disaster, like where like there's nobody there. Now the implication here is that we're, we're talking WWF, right? Flair came back to WCW though in '93 and saved their freaking asses because Sid had gotten suspended, fired for the stabbing incident with right. Warren Anderson. So Flair's inserted into the Starcade '93 match against Vader. wins the title, and goes on to be Ric Flair the champion throughout 94 until Hogan. Mm -hmm. So does this affect WCW more than it affects uh, WWF? I think it does. But I, I still that. Okay, so here's the thing. is I think WCW would have had to struggle a little bit more before they got Hogan. Like, okay. it would have it just... You know, business-wise, I think it would have been same old WCW floundering. But, yeah. like, Turner wouldn't have, like, pulled the plug on it just for, like, a bad year. Okay. You well, know what I mean? Like, I, I agree with yeah, you, but let's, let's think this, though. Let's, let's look at the WCW end of the booking, okay? Yeah. Sid still does the stabbing incident in England, let's say, with Arn Anderson. Mm -hmm. Who do they insert into the world title match against Vader at Starcade 93? That's the Lex. one thing. Oh, no, they can't do Lex Luger. This He's is gone. where it gets tough. Cactus? Yeah, like the last ditch effort. I think yeah, I, that makes sense the to me. Few that they it, had is had. Rick Rude still around? Rick Rude is around, but they're both heels. Does that matter? Maybe they would have turned Rick Rude face. Just cobble together a quick storyline. Yeah, Sting. Right? They could have they, used they, Sting. Didn't they have Steamboat lurking around too? They had Steamboat. He was in the mid card, but they had Steamboat. You always have Sting, I guess. Right? Yeah. To it, fall back. See, on. that's the thing with WCW. You they always, always have Sting. Like, always have sting. You always have Sting. Like, so, so just, like, he's like the, if Ric Flair's not around, it's Sting. Okay. So who does Hogan beat in his debut match then in WCW in 94? See, here's where I think, I don't know why. Is it Sting? They would have either did Vader or, mm -hmm. okay, so this is where it gets they really, done really Vader. stupid. Yeah. But like, 
do you think they would have done that like butcher thing earlier? No. No, I don't. <laughs> because <laughs> you had to bring up Ed Leslie, huh? <laughs> but I mean, like his brother from another mother, like, you know, like all this bullshit, like hunging and bunging. Like, I feel like that was inevitable just because like he's a Hogan crony and like, oh, yeah. If Hogan has a friend, it's inevitable. They're getting a job and getting a push. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. So it's like, do you think they would have been like, well, we'll just completely Hogan it up like for his debut. Like, oh, that would have been terrible. I think it would have been Vader. They would have hung on a Vader. Maybe it'll somehow. probably just be Vader, wouldn't it? Yeah. But because you lose that Hogan Flair dream match aspect. But did they do that in 93? Three? So here's where it gets even more interesting, though. Yeah. Does Hogan leave because the money match is with Flair? It always has been. You're and they right. didn't do it. Like, But the money contract is with Turner. Right. That's the one thing. But would WWF have been in the sorry ass shape it was if they had like Ric Flair there like to carry up the slack? Yeah, I think so. Because like, one way or another, Quinn, they were going to they were eventually gonna go for the new generation Mm -hmm. vince didn't want randy savage who's three years younger than rick flair wrestling it's hard to say that flair would have been a full-timer after 93 94 but rick flair's got like a randy savage no 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 what i'm trying to say is randy savage is a colorful but he's a young man's character Uh rick flair had stupid hair in the 90s. Yeah, but I... He did. So that whole rich guy character, it, it for some reason to me, it screams like older gentleman. It like, does. And like, you can get away with being 40-something and like do that. Like, you know, <laughs> you what, I, you know what I mean, right? <laughs> you can, but like, <laughs> I, I just can't picture the steroid trial era Vince McMahon wanting to showcase any old guys. He really, like, I swear, it was like, Savage, fuck you, sit down. Hogan, we want you to wrestle three times a year in 93. Here's the thing, though, is Ric Flair is the total opposite of steroided up fucking junkie guy. Like, like, (laughs) seriously. He is, but he's old, is my point. Right, but at least he looks like he's not juicing. So it's like, that's a great, okay, look, we have Ric Flair, he's a big star, and he's not big muscly juicy man sure. he's got flabby <laughs> chest man. Oh, there is a juicy man yeah you know what's a good one because obviously there's so many different things that could have happened here's one thing i would have done in what? all seriousness you know how bret hart lost the world title to to bobby backland yeah in 94 it should have been just rick flair that right? would have been perfect the old crazy rick flair starting to creep in by yeah, late 94 that would be a good actually and then diesel still be like we're assuming like diesel still in the picture diesel beats rick flair how about that yeah i'm fine with that nobody wants to see that okay so I want to like stop for a second yes, please. I, because I think there's we need so many to, things. There's so many like we're going in all different directions. Yes. Let's structure this a little bit. Right. Yes. So we're kind of settled on 93 being like flair, like mm-hmm. perfect. And, you know, I don't know, some stuff with Bret Hart or something. I don't know. Maybe he fights Bret here and there. You know yeah. what I mean? Maybe in 94, he fights Bret. Big rematch right. for the world okay, title. So let's go to 94. Well, sure. and we'll step through the years here. What we think flair, how he would fit in. Flair's in the 94 Rumble, doesn't win it. I Obviously, would say. yeah. I don't think he's winning any Rumbles anymore. No, no, like, no. That's, that's done. At WrestleMania by then, I mean, who's a good, solid face? Does he does he wind up in a feud at some point with like a Razor Ramon? Maybe not WrestleMania because of the Sean I thing. I hope not Razor Ramon. Why not? Flair versus Razor Ramon? Probably in the mid-card, but during the, not at WrestleMania. Not in WrestleMania, yeah. no. But like, then who do we put him against at WrestleMania 10? He might have taken that spot with Crush. Crush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reinvigorated like a six month feud with Savage from yeah just insert Flair into the feud like provoking Savage on Raw from the announce table yeah and finally Savage snaps 
they have yeah, a blood that, feud. Maybe that's the man instead of that stupid crush shit. Can you imagine? Because 94 Flair could go. Right. He was and good Savage still. was still fine. Savage was fine. Savage was fine. He was fine the whole time. The, the whole time they just pretended that he wasn't. Okay, so let's okay, Savage versus Flair at ten. Imagine that. That card would be stacked up even more than it already was. Now does Savage win? I mean, I we were jobbing Flair a real lot. Does Savage um, win? Flair doesn't mind jobbing, though. Yeah, Flair doesn't give a shit. So, actually, I think that's the time where Savage finally kind of gets his win back from losing the title. Okay, fair enough. Right? Yeah. And I would assume they would they would have some jabs at each other for the rest of the year, but Savage would have Nothing to go serious. back to sitting his ass down at commentary. <sighs> with and, Vince, yeah. yeah. And Flair would have to feud with somebody else for the remainder of 94. I say you put him against Razor Ramon for a bit. Well, obvi- I think it just, I think it would naturally progress into somehow the crazy and Bret Hart thing at the end of 94. What about Luger? After WrestleMania, Luger doesn't win the title. Flair fights Luger for it, a bit. Be, that would be very immensely helpful to Lex Luger <laughs> for Ric Flair. To, Seriously. Yeah. What was supposed that to be? That might have changed Lex Luger's per- yeah. trajectory I in know. general. I don't know! Well, you know, to be fair, it was supposed to be a big Luger versus uh, Perfect feud mm-hmm. after WrestleMania because of the referee thing. Right. And Perfect was like, nah, never mind. I'm not going to wrestle Lloyds of London. They should have just said Ric Flair was behind that shit, too, because Imagine. He, he's all interconnected with all this healing shit that's going on. So it's like he just like woos his way, shuffles in is like, fuck you, Lex Luger. I know that would be good. OK, and that's, what and that's per, how he that's gets to the Brett. to the Brett thing, right? Like he actually beats Luger, let's say, or he beats Tatanka. Yeah. People like that. And then the Brett thing ends at WrestleMania 11. Okay, Brett beats him at WrestleMania 11. Big blow off mid right. card match. Perfect. So I guess I guess the trend here is Flair kind of does his usual like I win most of the time. But I'm going to put people over at, on the big stage on the WrestleMania. He loses. That's like I, I would think Ric Flair's like a winner, like throughout the year mostly. Raw matches, other pay per views, and right, stuff like yeah. that. Beats Tatanka, beats Luger. Doesn't win the King of the Ring. Maybe he's in it. Yeah, something like that. Right. And then, but when the time comes, he puts over the Bret Hart's. He puts over Randy Savage. Puts over so, Mr. Perfect. So 95. That's um, when we take him down, I think, to a actually, part-time role. you know what I think? That would be after Flair losing like two or three WrestleManias in a row. Yeah. I think Give that... Him a big win. I think Flair wins the King of the Ring and goes on to face... 95? At the 95 Diesel. King of the Ring, Diesel. And Diesel wins, though. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Because if we could erase that Mabel thing, that would be the way I would do it. Like, And you know, one last thing I would probably do for Flair before yeah. he really starts to settle into being more part-time in like 95, 96, give him a good Undertaker match. Hell yeah. Yeah. That definitely. was a match that they didn't have until 02. Maybe that's what you do at WrestleMania 12. Yeah, the Diesel thing was pretty good, It though. was good, but... It was good. Maybe yeah. you don't do it at WrestleMania. Maybe you do it at the SummerSlam or something. Royal Rumble 96. Before Mankind comes yeah. into the picture, let's say. Right, yeah. Give Flair a good opportunity against that Undertaker and that Flair. You know what? Before we wrap up here, Quinn, let's go back to WCW real quick. Mm-hmm. Does anything that happened in WCW's line really get affected by not having Flair? We covered 94, right? Yeah. The Horseman of 95, 96. The Horseman would never reform without Ric Flair. Like Voldemort and, and Mongo and but all that shit. But them being there, I mean, we wouldn't have Steve McMichael, which some people will be disappointed about, I like including him. you. I know. Uh, but we also wouldn't have Jeff Jarrett being in the Four Horsemen, kind of, sometimes with the strappies. That was stupid. It ain't gonna draw a dime. Yeah. So that's a good thing. There would be some things that we would lose, but overall, yeah. it was Ric Flair was like already being like, treated like poop by then after that savage feud in 95 right yeah. that was like the last real thing he did the only thing that i think it would affect wcw 
is near the end when they were relying on Flair to like carry them right. in like 99 and right. 2000 for some reason. Yeah, I know. And just cut a promo about nothing or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know, They're like, we don't know what to do. We don't Rick know. Flair. Rick like, Flair, I, can we have you please? Yeah. You want to be like Bruno San Martino, the champion of the WWF. Yeah, ahead, the last thing I just want to discuss is Flair's um, role in the Attitude Austin era. Um, like Austin's like having trouble with authority and Ric Flair representing like legacy and stuff like that. Yeah, it would have been good to, to have Austin kind of spit in the face of, of Flair, not literally necessarily, yeah. but you know, to, to have that contrast there of Austin versus Flair. I think that would have been better than like Sergeant Slaughter or something. Yeah, I, like, I agree. You know what I mean? The, like that front, yeah. pre Vince McMahon, like in 97, I think it would have been really cool for Austin to kind of feud with Flair Austin, for a little actually. bit. Yeah. Heel Austin right. versus face Flair would have been even better, yeah. honestly. And 98-99, I think Flair, like you said, is more of a part-timer. Um, legacy edition. Legacy edition. You know, I think he's treated with a lot more dignity before he fades away in, like, the early 2000s and then comes back as, like, raw owner and all that shit. And then, like, the comeback run. I think that's the way to do it. The comeback run still happens because yeah. he... he fades away like you said comes back does his run and then yeah do you he, think when do you think he lays off like 99 yeah like 90 i think gradually starting him, in like 98 like a two-year break or something yeah okay. i think so uh but folks obviously let us know what you think it's a great question quinn really good one about yeah. what if flair just never went back to wcw i think uh wcw by by 96 and onward was carried by hogan in the nwo anyway matter. yeah Flair was there, but he didn't really factor into their history at that point. Yeah, he only factored into right when he came back and right yeah. after when WWE was like about to die. Correct. Uh, but let us know what you think. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter. You can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com or simply go to the Facebook group and let us know what you think. But when we come back, quit in the spirit of WrestleMania season with a very interesting Rushmore and Death Valley. Back after this. At the beach, Matt Carlson has a Snickers to keep hunger at bay. Packed with peanuts, Snickers handles hunger, and now Matt is ready for anything. Feeling rejuvenated, Matt decides to catch a monster wave, but steps on an anthill. The ants attack, and he is spotted by the judges of a nearby dance contest, who award him first prize, a trip to Tokyo. While there, Matt attends a popular game show where he defeats one of Japan's top wrestlers. This impresses mystery guest, WWE superstar Ric Flair, who partners with Matt to win the WWE tag team title. Eat a Snickers and become a WWE champion. Make it happen with Snickers. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here for episode number 73, Monday, March 12th, 2018. Michael Quinn, we are doing the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley in a second here. Yes, we are. This will be very fun. Folks, it's WrestleMania season. Mm-hmm. And in the spirit of that, we have a uh, a request. It's my request. Right. The rare. Joe like, is very excited about this. <laughs> I am. Because, Quinn, I know it's a topic near and dear to your heart. Quinn, we are doing the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... WrestleMania celebrities. <laughs> there we go. WrestleMania Quinn is uh, the best in theatrics. And yes, best. as uh, <laughs> she'll always be Mary Richards to me. But it that's is, what um, she says. Since day one, which was March 31st, 1985, WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all, as they say. Yeah, it's the, the biggest stage, bigger, badder, better, all, all that nonsense. Point at the sign. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania has been uh, tied together with celebrities for almost all of its run, and by that I mean 
there were there were a few where there was like no celebrities. Like it's kind of the nine. point of yeah. WrestleMania. It's like it's, it, it's wrestling and celebrities. Like, it, it's rock and wrestling on the grandest stage right. of them all, you know. And there's been a variety of people. Uh, big names, yeah. Over the years, really small names over the years. I think a lot of people get carried away with, oh, the celebrities are stupid kind of thing because they have been for a while. But like, not always. At, at the heart of WrestleMania, like even to this day, yep. I feel like there should be celebrities. Like I don't care. Like yeah, no matter what anyone says, like even if they're dumpy, it's like <laughs> dumpy. you you have to have some celebrities there. No, I agree like, with you. No, like, I do. It's WrestleMania. Come on, it's part like, of the feel of WrestleMania, right? right? And these celebrities have participated in a variety of functions from wrestling in matches to literally doing nothing and just yeah. being there and waving. Waving their arms. Yeah, so what we're going to do is give you the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. It's four of the best, four of the worst. And Quinn, I had the pick. Why don't you take the stick? Now, I'll bring up somebody else later because he's really my favorite, but I think the biggest, best one ever uh-huh. is Bob Uecker. Hey, how about getting your How about getting your foot off my shoulder? Really? Yes, like... Because he's wow. the only, like, storyline consistency, like, he's into... <laughs> he's into WrestleMania. For- did he actually return in, like, a later, later well, one, possibly, no. or something? He was in the Hall of Fame, so okay, yeah. he had a speech. But no, Bob Uecker was in three and four. Right, but he was, like, in the storyline of it or something. Like, and he was the only one who, like, <sighs> sold so it good, correctly man. and, like, did it right. You know, I was just looking at a picture here in the uh, WrestleMania book. Bob Uecker, you might know him for a few things, either as the um, announcer in Major League, right? Harry Doyle. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Uh, you might know him as an actual baseball announcer. A shitty baseball player, as sh- he even admits yeah. like on, Very... te- on both broadcasts. Like. <laughs> right. Uh, as an actual announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers. Right. Or uh, as the dad on Mr. Belvedere. Right. <laughs> yes. But one as Petey wa- Winston knows him. Yes. As. <laughs> but one way or another, Bob Euchre, with his commentary at WrestleMania 3 in the Moolah storyline. Right. And WrestleMania 4 with the Vanna White storyline. Which is more of a continuation of, of the, the Moolah, Moolah storyline, which is weird. <laughs> like, the best thing about Bob Euchre is it wasn't some embarrassing celebrity that didn't know why they were there, like no. Mary Tyler Moore. There's literally a payoff at the end of WrestleMania 4 that ties into his actions in 3 also. Yeah, I, like, I know. It's, with it's the Moolah am- thing yeah, and the amazing. kiss with Vanna. It's yeah. so good. But Bob Euchre got it. He yeah. he, he understood he's, he's even what in, he was a part of. Yeah, he's even in like the promos and stuff before each of the shows, like... Like, yes. dressed up all snazzy and the cool like 80s style. Yeah. Hey, I can't wait to get to WrestleMania 3 March 29th at the Pontiac Silverdome. As much as I love the Uke, he's my favorite. Right. And I know who your favorite is. You can say it later for yeah. anyone that doesn't know. Yeah. I think one of the most impactful we just have to go with impactful. Right. From from my point of view. There's a, there's a couple. But I'm going to have to go believe it or not with Mr. T. Shut up, fool! Well, Mr. T was like the marquee guy at the first WrestleMania. Like, he, whoa, Mr. T's going to wrestle? Like, this is weird. This is 1985. Like, yeah, like, this doesn't happen no. other than that time Muhammad Ali was in the Gorilla Monsoon match or whatever. That was like a brief thing. Yeah. But Mr. T was a hugely popular star of the A-Team in, in 1985. He had portrayed Clubber Lang previously in Rocky Three. Right. No, three, yeah. With Hogan. With Hogan, yeah, believe yeah. it or not. So they already have a tie-in. And this whole thing... I mean, WrestleMania 1, he was at WrestleMania 1 and 2, but I'm not really thinking of WrestleMania 2 when I say Mr. T. The world T. had come to. Yeah, yeah. had come to him in a fake boxing match against yeah. Piper, but which was a big deal. But Mr. T, Quinn, 
Michael is an actor. You know, that's what yeah. he was. Mm-hmm. He was the first notable non-wrestler to wrestle at a, at the first WrestleMania yeah. in a tag match with the biggest star in wrestling. Regardless of what you think of T-Celebrity now, and he's kind of like Z-tier, like yeah. nothing. My mother! But he really did help them out. They needed somebody to wrestle. Ali might have been considered a bigger name even going into WrestleMania 1 to be there. Oh, he was a bigger name, I think, than Mr. They're T. like, holy shit, the greatest boxer of all time, like, but he Damn. was never supposed to be in a wrestling role. And the fact that a guy on a, a hugely popular television show, right. like Mr. T was a pop culture icon in, in 85, right. was wrestling with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it's super 80s. It's super like establishes the whole point of like WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, and the celebrity involvement. It, it sets the precedent that this is, this, this, is, is, where, this, is, about. this is where this happens. At WrestleMania, the celebrities can wrestle. I'm going to take you down to the alleys. We're going to train up in them places, the dirty places, the rough places. Can we agree that nothing will knock Mr. T off? Yeah, just because of the precedent setting. Yeah, um, I'd like to put although, him in. Yeah, I, I want to, right after that, I do think Bring up one. Euchre should be brought up again because I think he he's like a, a shoe in to me. I have one more to, to consider. Okay, sure. But let's, let's put Mr. T in for number yeah. one. I have no problem pitying that fool. So for number one, Mr. T. <laughs> Quinn, I just want to bring up uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mike Tyson's another huge one. Um, He's, my, in my opinion, the 90s equivalent of having Mr. T. He didn't yeah, wrestle. He didn't um, wrestle. Here's the thing about Tyson. Um, as much as I think he was important to that event in that time, yeah. He's not remembered as as much as T is as far as like memory is concerned. Like our, True. I mean, he but he was so important to that main event. I right. think do you really think it's hard to say, but you have Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels and to the wrestling fan that's cool. Yeah. But do you think that WrestleMania 14 is as big as it is if they hadn't been promoting Tyson since January? So, this is like maybe a controversial opinion, but in April of 1998, March. March. Oh, yeah. right. Because it was like it was later. It was earlier or something. Just yeah. being the stickler for detail. Sorry. But in March of 1998, either mm-hmm. March or April, Dead. wrestling was so fucking hot. <laughs> I remember as a kid wondering to myself, like, even then, like, do they need a celebrity for this? Seriously. Wrestling was at unbelievable heights, even in early 98. It was. I think Tyson was part of the reason for that, though, Quinn, because they had brought him in in January. He appeared a lot. We got to remember. Yeah, but you, but think about think about just 1997, right? And sure. not WWF. I'm talking WCW also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the actions of Austin in 97 and early 98, yeah. they were getting popping huge ratings already without Tyson. Like, they were. They were getting great ratings, but I think that Tyson really helped put them over the top, and his involvement... It helped, yeah. I'm just was saying, a big deal. does that... That's the only reason why I, like, think, like, there's a possibility with the thousands of celebrities we have to deal with here that maybe Tyson might get overshadowed by, say, a Bob Euchre I or think, something. I, I, listen, I love Bob Euchre. I think that he his contribution was the most natural that they had. I think it was the you know most I mean? abundant. He just didn't sound out of place. Yeah. He could have done that full time. He was just, he had the comedy, the yeah. timing. He he knew what he was doing. Right. Naturally. For what you did to that dog, the ASPCKGBY ought to be on you forever. Right. Funny, just charming. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something. Yeah. I'll, I'll put him. You want to put him on? Yeah. And I, right. I mean, I will definitely, I will keep Tyson under yeah, consideration. We it's in- just, it's also just like. I'm just thinking of the time and place. Like, I'm like, okay, okay, like what, you know, wrestling 
was big also in 1987. It was. But, like, huge. Tyson didn't contribute as much as Bob Euchre. Let's put it that way. Contribute to the WrestleMania? No. No. Tyson, he, he just, he had a punch. That's it. And yeah. he said Cold Stone like, <laughs> before the show. And held up a shirt weirdly yeah. at the end. Yeah. Cold Stone is my man. He won. Okay. So for number two, then, the Uke, Bob Euchre. So can we get into the fun ones while we have Tyson tabled? Yeah, um, Tyson's tabled. So I love Regis. I love him. He's a beautiful. Lot. He's he's amazing. Now um, tell me what you like about it so much. Regis is the next Euchre to me. Like he's like he just he got fits. it. He got like, it right. He, 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 it's such a small role, but it's like he just. It's like I'm coming home, baby. Like it's like yeah. Regis just belongs on WWF television. He's good at it, man. He's just good. He's um, good. That whole bit where Bobby messes with the who they interview thing and like... Oh, yeah. He's interviewing The Undertaker and they're taking his measurements. He's interviewing the Japanese guys and he's saying Toyota, Hyundai and all Columbia this stuff. Pictures. Columbia Pictures. <laughs> yeah. Kathy Lee at home. Regis here. WrestleMania. You Tenru. You Ketau. Me Regis. Every single thing he's involved in is good. That's true. And he, and he unheraldedly does commentary for the Slaughter Hogan match, and he's good. Yeah, he's good, and he does commentary in the main event. Yep. He also um, does the that. The main event! Yeah, he does that thing with the Warlord and the Domino's Pizza Truck or something. No, the. the or a Pizza <laughs> Hut delivery or, or truck. Earthquake and Pizza Hut. Yeah, yeah, and that's where Gene says. Regis. Yes, Gene. You're beautiful. Thank you. He's just overall, like, a joy to watch. He is. He's, he's contributing to the actual show. I could have just done with him replacing Mean Gene that show. That's how good he was. He was actually Not, nothing against Gene. He was just sure. he was just that good. And of course, we got the famous the uh, the Hulka. You know, yeah. the Hulk himself, Hulkamania yeah. lives. <laughs> he knows the characters. <laughs> they got he, the Macho Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the stuff he says. Um, <laughs> just the fact that he also had a connection because he had the wrestlers on they used to have Regis them on, and yeah. Kathy Lee multiple times, and then we continued to yeah. after that too. Yeah, sure. His contribution just to the WWF was not just seven. It was like for years and years and years. It was. He gave them good press and stuff. And he, he just seemed like he liked it. Like, and it didn't he matter if it, it was the late 80s, early 90s, or if it was the Attitude Era. Regis liked wrestling and he was going to have the wrestlers. You're on right his about show. that. Like, you're, you're right about that, Quinn. Yeah. I'm going to volley another one to you, though. But Regis is definitely also on the table here. Mm -hmm. I want to volley to you the guy that had the freaking Savage Steamboat. Of uh, WrestleMania celebrity matches, that being Lawrence Taylor against yes. Bam Bam Bigelow. Lawrence Taylor, um, heroic surprising. performance. Because, okay, if you want to talk about contributions, he does an actual match in the main event. Now, a singles that, match, a mind singles you. match. Now, that being said, um, it's one of the worst WrestleManias ever. Fucking um, in a dumpster in Connecticut <laughs> yeah. with the horrible crowd and right. the horrible 95 <laughs> stink. But. <laughs> But, but also, it's it is a very impressive performance for a non wrestler. Like Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor, man, and with with a uh, referee Pat Patterson, they they blow the roof off. Really, they not to. I don't think they had a better match than Sean and Diesel, but it's no, pretty close. It's like, close, it, it, man. It's really good. It <laughs> is. It's it's very impressive. That was yeah. You know, during such a, a toilet year for WWF, mm -hmm. they did a good job building that overall storyline and right. executing and building the, it the from the rumble and everything. Yeah, they yeah. did a good job. I don't run from them. I think that would mix a man a man. You know, if you can mix it up with the best of them and, and take what comes, you'll be fine. 
at the time, like it was being talked about, like outside of wrestling. It so it was. did what it was supposed to do to- in a time when they needed that badly. I mean, so in terms of like in ring, yeah, he is the most important. I think. I mean, another one I, I need to bring up because I'd be remiss not to. Mm-hmm. Didn't have the same impact to me, but Floyd Mayweather had a pretty impressive showing with Big Show in, in yeah. two thousand eight. Was it nine? Yeah, I mean, I'm always impressed when I because I remember watching it, but. You hear stories about it now a days as it's a good model for the modern celebrity to be sure. mm-hmm. um, because with him, I've read and heard this because I didn't kind of notice it, I guess, when it was happening. Yep. But he was being booed initially. So they just turned him. They heel. turned him heel, which I thought was brilliant. Like mid through his like his just guest run or yep. whatever, which is like you don't have a lot of raws to be on when you're a celebrity. No. So it's like maybe like two raws or something. Right. Like I guess they realized after the first one, they were just like, fuck it. It's like, let's make him heal. And and Mayweather played it up great. He was fantastic. He absolutely was fantastic. He's a natural heel anyway. Yeah. He had a surprisingly energy I, I remember going into this, we watched this one together, being like, all right, this is gonna be stupid. Right. It wasn't stupid. It was fun. Yeah. And it, you believed it when he punched Big Show because it's like, oh, he's a professional a boxer. boxer. Right. Like, I don't care how big Big Show is. If he gets a <laughs> punch to the face from a pro boxer, he should go down. So that was pretty well done, I yeah. think. Do you have anyone else you want to throw at me here? I mean, we got two spots open. We're talking about the best of the best here, folks. You know, mm-hmm. there's good people. There's, you know, there's Mary Hart. She was fun. Yeah. There's Alice Cooper. He was fun. But we're talking the best of the best. Um, what else are you thinking? There's stuff I remember. I think Tan had a bunch of good ones that were actually like good. Like Burt Reynolds, Burt Reynolds funny. and uh, Rhonda Shear. They're fun. Like, they're fun. I don't Not know the if best. they make the best, but they're good, right? They're good. Even like Cy Sperling's good at that. Like, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg. Yoko Zuna. Yeah, that He's whole good. thing. And, yeah. um, and even at seven, Alex Trebek is very good. Yeah. Guest ring announcer. It's tough. Right now, how many do we have? We have T and Uke, and that's all. But I mean, Tyson, Regis. Mm-hmm. How about that? How about Pete Rose? Pete, Three oh WrestleManias. Actually, we. How about it? We should really talk about Pete Rose. How about it? Pete Rose, obviously banned from baseball for doing the gambling <laughs> in 1989. But fuck it. He was a wrestler through <laughs> and through. Like, he didn't give a shit. Not only was he, like, just a guest celebrity, but then he got, like, his multiple ass times and <laughs> dressed up like a chicken. Oh, and, my like, God. He didn't care. Three like, years in a row of Pete yeah. Rose getting attacked by Kane. It was yeah. great. Yeah. And this guy was willing to take a bump. And he wasn't young. No, he was <laughs> old. And and I love the fact that I didn't expect much. But at WrestleMania 14, his whole ragging on Boston, like, I sent tickets yeah. to Bill Buckner, but he couldn't He's... bend down to pick him up. How about it? You know, I left tickets for Bill Buckner, but he couldn't bend over to pick him up. Man, how wow. about it? He's really great. It's really <sighs> funny. He's one of the funnier ones. Now yeah. I know there's like like William Perry is in the Hall of Fame too. I, but I don't like, understand that. Dick. He didn't do diddly dick. He um, really didn't. You know who actually was kind of a contribution to WrestleMania one? Who? Billy Martin. Billy Martin. New York's uh, number one. Uh, he cut promos for the show. He seemed like people like cared that he was there. It's an MSG. Billy Martin's still a recognizable figure in, ni- in 1985. He is. As the manager is. of the New York Yankees, who yep. who won them a title in 77. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I will have to say, though, his contribution, not too big in no, terms of wrestling, but, but he helped it, promote it. You're right about that. He helped that. promote it, and people knew who Billy Martin was. You're and, right. Like, they were like, I'll see Billy Martin at, at the Garden. 
Like, I'm sure Absolutely. there was people there that were like yeah. Yankee I fans who were like, I live nearby. Wait, Billy Martin's going to be at the Garden for this show? I kind of know yeah. who this is. This, yeah. this Mr. T guy. Because you have to remember, the first Paul WrestleMania Hogan. is just like a fucking house show. So it's like it's done as the a celebrities show, yeah. there matter. Well, then like, what do we what, what do we say though, Quinn? Then about Cindy Lauper in that context, right? And that I thought that's a good transition to Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper really, if if she Billy Martin helped tremendously, just like I think all of the celebrities really helped a lot there. Yeah, but Billy, I think but Cindy Lauper definitely would go above Billy Martin. I think we have to put Lauper in. Whoa, really? I do because the first notable female celebrity. I think she. She was indelible. I mean, this is this is a person that didn't have a, a hugely long career at the top of the pop music scene. Yeah. But um, she had a respectable run. Her career at the top, not long, but she had a lot of memorable songs that um, she's still remembered as a legend. For her to be at the first WrestleMania did help. And the fact that she participated in angles for like a year before. Yeah. Like, uh, she led the Lou Albano turning face. Right. She, she she also just feuded with Lou Albano. First, right? Yeah. She um was hugely instrumental in getting Wendy Richter over. And and people forget because the WWF blackballed her after 85 anyway, yeah. for, until they brought her back finally for the Hall of Fame. Wendy Richter was a huge fucking deal. Because of Cindy Lauper. Because of Cindy Lauper. Wendy Richter was Hulk Hogan, like the yeah. female Hulk Hogan. Right. She was huge. But not only Wendy Richter, Cindy Lauper was getting Roddy Piper's face and shit. Like, yeah. Like she promos. Yeah, like Lonnie Coy. That's right, Mean Gene. Shmula, Lanny Coy, you better watch out. She She's was awesome. great. I think she needs to go in. I mean it. Yeah. I really mean it. I think Cindy Lauper should go okay, in. Okay, so Cindy Lauper. She doesn't get enough credit for what she did she really did like participate she did yeah she helped promote it she was a big part of the reason why wrestlemania was the rock and wrestling connection right i think cindy lopper for for okay. number three Quinn. yeah cindy lopper you're all right cindy with lopper it? it is all right girls just want to have fun cindy lopper number three when the nitty and the gritty has arrived because we've got a bunch of uh, noble people sitting yeah. around here. Mike Tyson, Regis Philbin, Pete Rose, uh, Lawrence Taylor. I think there's one we're overlooking too. Go ahead. It's, it's, remember, it's very memorable. Uh-huh. It's probably the most memorable musical performance. What's that? Miss Aretha Franklin. You know what? In the biggest, the most gigantic arena like ever. You have Aretha <sighs> Franklin twice, who is a fucking legend. A, she a, is. a musical legend. She's a great freaking singer, man. And she was in all her glory singing the national anthem. At- Three and twenty-three. Um, Aretha Franklin. You know what? <laughs> I think it's it's fair to consider her. Now, I all mean, she did was sing "America the Beautiful." But to me, that is that "America the Beautiful" performance. Like it goes through my head every WrestleMania. Like when "America the Beautiful" is sung at WrestleMania. Right. I think back to Aretha Franklin in the pink dress Sometimes with I the th- backup singers and the big gigantic it's a, piano. It's a great performance. Like, and it really is. Yeah, it's really good. I do have to say, however, that it, it pales in comparison to uh, Rockin' Robin's <laughs> <laughs> Stop. And crown oh, thy good, good with brotherhood. brotherhood. Yeah, that. I mean, she's awesome. <laughs> and she, d- she, she really is. Don't forget uh, Ray Charles at WrestleMania 2 oh, was I also really him. good. I love Ray Charles in general anyway. Yeah, but I think Aretha is the most notable. Uh, I have to say, though, Quinn, mm-hmm. but what do you think of Donald Trump at WrestleMania 23? It was a big deal. Your grapefruits are no match for my Trump Towers. I don't like it because, okay, 
it led to things that had bad consequences, like that fake Rosie O'Donnell mm. versus it. It, it also it, like Vince had bad hair because of it too for like a long time. I can't, yeah, I I can't condone it because of the stuff it led to. All really. right, fine. I, I I can't like say that that was good. What about Robin Leach? He is Robin Leach, and he does know why. He we does remember know why. this. Again, these are all people I like, but I think if we're talking the elite, Quinn, there's a lot that I like, though, Joe. I know there's a lot that I like too, but yeah. if we're really talking the elite, mm-hmm. I'm going to narrow it down to who I really think is in the consideration for the four okay. spot. Okay, I think there's. You go ahead, but I think there's also one more that we're we're missing. Okay, so let me yeah. give you my guys, then you tell me, and we'll we'll pick one. Okay, yeah. Mike Tyson, I still think deserves Mike consideration. Tyson's up there, yeah, definitely. Regis Philbin because yeah, he was seriously. good at what he yeah. did. Lawrence Taylor. For having that freaking okay. hell of a match, and for comedy purposes and just being like a, a name, Pete Rose. So, are we forgetting anyone that really contributed to okay, the overall? Okay, just for consideration, I want to I want to bring up um, Morton Downey Jr. in his segment with Piper's Pit. Very memorable. Don't memorable, blow the smoke but I don't in like my it. face. Memorable, I don't know. I thought I he was know. an interesting personality. Yeah, I think he was um, fine, but yeah, Quinn, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, um, Regis, and this is the last one I'm going to bring up, yeah, just because I'm like I'm Go just ahead. going through the list here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, but Vanna White was notable, notable, uh, very notable Not appearance, a Rushmore, and, and it's part of the euchre thing. And I don't know, I just wanted to to say that. I think I I think I have to go with um with either Mike Tyson or Lawrence Taylor. Ah, uh, if I was to choose between those two, and I do think those are like the best. And also, did we we. I, I think Aretha Franklin is really up there in the consideration. You're right. Um, I mean, I know that all she did was sing a song, but she was sang it damn well. And she, she was, sang it well, and it's like one of the most remembered WrestleManias. Yeah, and it, it's like I know there's a warm fuzzy feeling about right. it, but I, I think we have to consider. I think it's Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, um, I think it's Lawrence I think Taylor. it's Mike Tyson actually. Really? Okay. Yeah, and um, oh my God, there's a, here's another one. What, Ozzy? No, what? Steve Allen. I get no kicks, kicks from, from Ukraine. Ukraine. Ding, ding, that's ding, a real that to me. That's he's, in the Regis vein. He's the like, funniest one. Okay, here we go. Hey, hey yourself. I know it's not the Russian national anthem. What is it? You play the Polish national anthem. <laughs> well, send your postcards directly to him. He's really good. He's really good. Damn! Oh, there's so many good ones. Lawrence Taylor wrestled in the main event at WrestleMania 11 and did a great job. I think he's. I think he's the one. I think it's Mike Tyson. Tell me why. Because I think, like you said, that was what they needed at the time. Yeah, Lawrence so. Taylor didn't sell any fucking tickets. They were in the Hartford Civic Center. Like, who cares? I concede. I'll give it to you. Mike Tyson. No, Mike Tyson was on the news. Taylor was too, but Tyson mattered much more. Yeah. Honestly, he Actually, mattered much more. If you more. recall, the Taylor appearance at WrestleMania wasn't as big as him, like, slapping or getting slapped by Bitman Bigelow at the Royal at the Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. I'll give you Tyson. Yeah. He joined DX. He was there the whole time. He'll mm-hmm. promote WrestleMania. Okay. Mike Tyson but, for number uh, four. Honorable Quinn. mention to a lot of those guys like oh, yeah, uh, Steve we, Allen sure. and um, that we didn't really get Regis. to talk. Regis. Yeah. I mean, those were classic appearances. Mary Hart. And I think, yeah, Mary Hart. And a lot those, of good ones. Those people really um, exemplify the spirit of the celebrities at WrestleMania. And I just, I, I, I this is one of those Fair. weird situations with Rushmore. And the only reason I'm saying this is because there's so many that I think could have overshadowed any of these on a different day. Like exactly. that's how that's how good some of them are. There's been a lot of good ones, but I think yeah. Tyson is very deserving of this spot. Yeah, he was, okay. he's worth it. Fair for number four, Mike Tyson. 
I'm going to get right to the point here. WrestleMania 2 has some of the worst celebrities. <laughs> yep, it's, and it's got some of the most. Too. And it's got some of the most because there's three locations, so it's they really ridiculous. needed to... It's ridiculous. So which, which bad one are you picking from this this list of shit? Well, since they really needed to beef it up for the uh, celebrities <laughs> yes, there... this is what I was going to pick for my first one. Clara Peller, it's look... It's amazing. Not only was she only there to say where's the beef, she didn't say it <laughs> she into the mic. She doesn't say it into the mic. She's like waving <laughs> the mic around. <laughs> She's audibly, or not audibly, visibly. she's visibly saying, where's the beef? But the mic she's is waving being waved. the mic. Yeah. Claire Peller! And poor Claire Peller, like, I'm sorry. she's like a hundred years old. She doesn't understand what's going on. <laughs> and like, it's not really her fault. No, I feel but- like there's... Like an old lady like that, there should have been somebody with her to like help her. Like it's, it, it's like a wedding, right? It's like the yeah. ushers are supposed to help the older ladies get in their chair and do things. They and just where the, the fuck walls. are the ushers or whoever? Like the the, the handlers, right? They, they just, just have her in the fucking crowd, like by herself. Nobody's helping this lady. She's like a million. It's ridiculous. She doesn't even say the one thing she's there to say, and yeah. it wasn't relevant. Like that catchphrase. This is eighty six. Yeah, that catchphrase was like over with by eighty four. Yeah, so it's just like a whole like fucking like. Can we put her on? I wonder how. I hope they paid Claire well for that embarrass. Like because it wasn't fair. Like wasn't fair to Claire. Yeah, it's bullshit. Like could they have at least cut her a nice check at the end of that shit? Because we- you know that old lady doesn't want to fucking be there anyway. Can we please put her yeah. on Quinn? There's no way that like she's getting knocked off. I'm sorry. It's, it's very embarrassing. All right, for number. <laughs> One, uh, no irony intended with this soundbite, but for number one, Clara Peller. Die, die, die. Oh. All right, Quinn, give me one. What about, um... Don't say I, Herb. Listen, I'm... <laughs> there's Herb. <laughs> Were you going to go there? No, I was actually going to go for Bill Frelick because what the fuck? Yeah, like, this okay. guy, like, Mr. Like, I need to get involved in everything. The problem, the main problem I have with Bill Fralick <laughs> is that he like resurfaces for the he body never slam goes challenge. Away. And I don't think it's just the body slam. He's like at other things. I <sighs> see this guy like creep up in the early 90s, late 80s, like all the time. Like, I'm like, how the fuck? Like, all, and it's always sometimes like in minor shit. I know. Like, if they're doing something for charity, I'm like, does he work for them? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is his connection to this company? Like, why is he still always there? You know who is really bad? besides uh herb also yeah (laughs) do we want to go into herb i mean herb was okay real quick here now he's also like a burger thing that's a problem here isn't he the competitor to claire so burgers burger king was not exactly the best at advertising in the 80s and Mm -hmm. what they did in the 80s is they had this weird ass campaign Mm -hmm. where it was like hey there's this guy named herb and no one knows what he looks like but he's never ever (laughs) eaten a burger king burger so if you see him even though you've never seen him if you see him at a Burger King, you know, you win something. And if you want to <laughs> get the idea so they would never have to give anything away because they never said know. what he looked like. It was the idea was to get people to go to Burger King, which, yeah. by the way, Burger King is like number four now or something. Uh, that's upsetting. They really I think like, they don't deserve I think they're at least three or two. They're pretty good. I think Wendy's is overrated. But anywho, it's really not the point here. So Herb is there at WrestleMania 2. Yeah. And he like runs around in a suit. The timekeeper. Who cares? Now, Herb, if you've ever seen him, he's like a dork. Basically. Yeah, he's a nerd. Herb the nerd. Yeah. Basically saying that, like, if you don't eat at Burger King, you're a nerd. He's basically like proto-Jameson. 
Yeah, essentially. He kind of is, right? Kind of is. <laughs> um, so I'm not really particularly a big fan of his. Yeah. However, I mean, and there's like 7,000 football players that we could talk well, about. that's because of that Battle Royal thing. Yeah, but what I want to get into, Quinn, mm-hmm. is Susan St. James. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just needed to mention her. I'm not saying she's going to make it, but... She might. She misses uh-oh herself. Okay, she is so annoying at that she show. She is annoying. Like, her like, and Vince are in, like, the waiting room chairs. Yeah, they're in a weird lobby or something, like, the whole time. And, um... Very puffy up there, red carpets. Now, you know who Susan St. James was married to, Quinn? Do you know? It was somebody at the show, right? Somebody... Oh, uh, no, Eisner? What's his name? The, you're getting close. Come what, on. The guy that... What's the guy that... The very influential man, yeah. yes. I love you, Dick. Dick Ebersol. Yep. Yeah, that's his wife, that's right? The so that's why she's there. reason she's there. Right. And here... I'll give her credit. She tried. Now, Susan St. James, if you look her up, though, she was like an actress. Like a, she was an actress. In like the 70s or something, right? But the only reason she was at WrestleMania she's was pretty. because of I, she I don't was think pretty. She, I don't think she's like like just there because she's a wife. You know, she, she actually she had like experience. I mean, like I, people knew who she was in 1986. Let's put it that way. Now, what about that time Kim Kardashian... This is a match. Said, like, yeah. yeah, I'm a match at WrestleMania match. And I'm going to make sure everyone has a great time because only the coolest, the hippest, and the best are going to be allowed into the show. <sighs> she okay. didn't do dick. She I mean, didn't do she, dick. Did, she did a dick, but... Here's the thing with Kim Kardashian. Famous. This is why it's always a weird appearance to me. So, firstly... It's 2008, right? Yeah. This is, like, kind of before she's the Kim Kardashian of now. And I think the show was on, but they weren't... They weren't, like, a huge deal. This is when Kim Kardashian had, you know, her normal hair color and, like... (laughs) Face. She she was just a, I'm trying to become famous, like, I'm an upcoming celebrity kind of person. That type of thing, yeah. It was one of those situations. The sex tape had come out, but but it wasn't that big a deal yet. exploded yet, right? Right, right. um, But it's a weird thing, because she does nothing. Yeah. She's just kind of there. She's the hostess of WrestleMania. Yeah, something. Or some WrestleMania like 1 that. million. I don't know. Wasn't it's, Snooki at that one also or a different one? Yeah, but one? Snooki was more famous than Sno- she was. Yeah, Snooki at that. was Seriously. more famous. What about the ref, uh, Larry Young, the umpire? <laughs> yeah, fuck him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's okay, let's one hear of why. Them. Come on, Quinn. Because he just, he's like, I'm, he, he thinks he's the biggest deal. Like, and didn't you tell me recently he tried to book the match or something? Like, There's a thought, story, yeah. It was, it was from a, I'm fat. It was from that podcast. I'm not uh-huh. going to name names here, uh, but you can guess. Mm-hmm. And apparently this Larry Young guy was trying to like give spots to the Undertaker. <laughs> to the Undertaker like, of all people. Ma- yeah, I know. Of like, I don't do it. I hate everyone. I'm yeah. the locker room. Like, I, I I'm hate the leader. people for no like, reason. Yeah. Whatever yeah. that bullshit is, Bone right. Street Crew. Bone Street Crew, Paul Paul, <laughs> Paul Bear all fat in a trailer. Ah. So, so, like, my problem with Larry Young is why did we need a nondescript baseball umpire yeah. at the worst WrestleMania to date? <laughs> 11, right? Yeah. Like, it was worse than 9 somehow. Yeah. Which is hard. Yeah. Now, is he the worst celebrity at WrestleMania 11? Because there's, like, no. Nicholas Totoro and, like, JTT and, like, all that shit. Like, there's a lot of bad things. Although, okay. Salt Pep is good at They're that good. one. They're good. You're right, though. He's not even the worst. John, he might be, Nic- No, Nicholas Totoro is you the worst. You think Nicholas Totoro is yeah. the worst? He's actually, so annoying. I think Larry Young's actually the objective worst. Fine. I just wanted to like throw it out there, like because like, it is a, that's what weird. They like double down on like there's like a million people and they're all shit. You're right. You're right. Now we've got three more spots, so we need to start narrowing this down. Now, Gwen. okay. So I got one. 
please. Just because, like, his appearance is ludicrously, like, coked out and drugged up. Sure. Um, Ozzy Osbourne, British Bulldogs yeah. forever! What and the he, fuck is he and doing And he's there? talking like he's, he's, they, I think they even ask him, like, in the middle of the promo. Are you gonna manage them? Are you, like, and he's like, yeah, of course! Like, he, like, he's gonna be there, like, for the rest of their careers. Right, like, right. He's so confused. He is. And he's fucked up beyond belief. So, you, Ozzy, you gotta come back in their corner. This is gonna be yeah, a huge yeah. You heard it first. I agree like, with you, Quinn. Yeah. However, I want to throw one at you. It's a bit of a weird one. Okay. But I want you to hear me out. Sure. I think Pamela Anderson's one of the worst. Really? I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because she didn't do a single thing. She didn't do what she was supposed to do, first of all. I don't like... I still get mad about it, and I know it's dumb, but I get mad about the fact that, like... She was supposed to be with Sean. Right, and I don't understand why they felt the need to do that. And, like, is Jenny McCarthy a heel then? Like, I don't understand. Let me tell you something, I don't get what the fuck this is. Not only do I find, and even at the time, Jenny McCarthy more attractive, I also... Mm, Yeah. I also find Jenny McCarthy to actually be an interesting personality. I do, too. She's fun. Pamela Anderson is, like, talking to my closet door. She's yeah, just so flat and boring. The thing about Pamela Anderson is she's like an idol compared to Jenny McCarthy. Like she's a she's like a unachievable like bigger yes. deal. Like, but the problem is we t- we put in Cindy Lauper in the Rushmore, correct? Right. Lauper promoted the shit out of WrestleMania. No, Lauper yeah. looked like Pamela she Anderson cared. was just like Pamela Anderson looked like she'd rather be she's collecting a anywhere paycheck. else. Yeah. At the Rumble and at WrestleMania. Right. And that's why I think she should go on. She was so hot. Remember the disappointment factor? Yeah. So highly promoted since Royal Rumble, right? Gonna be in the corner of the winner of the Rumble. Yeah. She looks like she hates this. She's here to get money. She's the total antithesis, in my opinion, of a Cyndi Lauper, of a Pete Rose. It's a good point. Of a Regis. Um, With that being said, I want to bring up two other women. Kathy Lee Crosby. What the fuck? She was inoffensive. I mean, she wasn't good, but she wasn't. She was just like. She did didn't commentary. she try to act like she was an expert about wrestling? Though, I'd like rather, she's like my dad taught me or but something. Quinn, I'd rather have that, okay, than someone that looks like they don't want to be there. Okay, you know what I'm saying? That's fair. Um, I'd rather have someone that actually. Cares. There's some other ones like uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> like, I was thinking of her. Yeah. Do we count because she was just interviewed in the audience? <sighs> It's a very embarrassing appearance by all it accounts is. on both sides. When we it, interviewed it, Mooney, he even remembered that she had no clue what she was talking about. Right. It's the best of uh, athletics and theater. I've never seen anything so exciting. There's something about it that comes off like a blunder from both ends. Now, on Mary Tyler Moore's end, first of all, I really don't know if she was invited or that um, she is she from Canada or something. Like, I don't know from, why she's there. I don't know. I mean, her show took place in Minnesota. I don't know if she's from Minnesota. Was she there but... with a friend? I like, right. ser- like seriously, I don't right, know why right. the fuck she's why there. Why she'd be there? She has no idea what it is. Right. Uh, Fair th- question. Maybe she had a boyfriend or something, and they they took her there. Right. I, I really don't know. No, I know. It's, like, it's in fair. all honesty, like I, know, I don't right, know right. why she's there. It's fair. Second of all, yeah. the WWF trying to capitalize on it is an embarrassment because they're interviewing someone hoping to get a good plug and say how great it is. Right. But she really doesn't know what it is. So they end up with like egg on their face, essentially. And it's Agreed. stupid. It's a really bad performance. Now, if we're going to count her, 
I want to lump in the whole mean Gene Okerlund interviewing people during Greg Valentine's entrance at WrestleMania 7. So I'm talking... <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Donald Trump is there again at now, 7. Now, he's kind of like ancillary in this, in this he's case. He's there because uh, Marla Maples, who, who also stinks, <laughs> is there. Now, Donald Trump, in this case... He looks like he's just killing time there. Like, in all fairness, like, he's not. You're right. He's not offensive. It's more like he's just kind of like, well, I have to be here. And like, let me talk to Lou Ferrigno and everything. Like, and I have no problem with Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is fine there. But here's two guys. (sighs) Wolf of Wigno. Yes, crackers in his mouth himself. And then the worst of the worst, Quinn, of course, in this whole. Fucking Fonzie. Fucking Fonzie. You know what we always say about Fonzie? Fuck Fuck Fonzie. Fonzie. Hey! Now, this is the apropos time to explain what this whole fuck Fonzie okay. thing is about. Go ahead, Quinn. So, after the Warriors match with uh, Macho Man, and it's all emotional, Yep, they go to um, this this gaggle of celebrities in the corner. Like you in know. The, way, way in the back. Right. <laughs> way in the back, which is weird. Yeah. Like, why are they there? <laughs> like, why are they not in the front? That's anyway, weird. um... They interview all of them, and then I think like it's the last one is Fonzie, right? I think so. And they talk to Fonzie, and Fonzie starts taking like command over this interview, right? And starts acting like he's an expert on fucking wrestling. I know. And all of a sudden, he, he drops this line, which I'm sure you'll put in, but it, it's like, "I'm glad the Ultimate Warrior got his ultimate victory." I want to tell you, I'm so happy that the Ultimate Warrior got his ultimate win. But he's saying it in such like a confident, like douchey way. Like, like it's like, no, I know about the wrestling. All these other celebrities, <laughs> That's they problem, don't really right? know. Yeah. Like, right. it's fucking stupid, and he's got a dumb sweater on. I hate it. He does look stupid. Yeah. Um. So if we're gonna count Mary Tyler Moore, we would have to count them. Yeah. Are we counting them, or are we gonna get like? Okay. So I think Pamela Anderson Quinn. I'm serious. Before any of them, I really think Fonzie. He sucks, Joe. But all he did was say the one thing. I mean, yeah, he- but he's so offensive in the like just <laughs> moments that he's there that it's like um, it's annoying. Quinn, I, I don't fucking know. Hate it. I don't know if I can let you. In I all don't seriousness. like people acting like they are something that they are not. And Fonzie <sighs> is doing exactly that. Come on, we really, you really want to do it, don't you? <sighs> is there anyone else like? Uh, yeah, like, Pamela Anderson. I'm telling you. You know what's another one? We have three spots so, open. Okay, so there's so many. We got to chug some through of these. The, some of these that I don't, I think, are notably bad, just because of like the crowd. I think didn't get it, and it's what? nothing against them. They're a great, they're great musical artists. Like what? But Run DMC. I was thinking of that. Thank like, you. It, it falls completely flat. Totally. In, in, at WrestleMania five. Is well, it five? Five. Yeah. And they were a little past their their musical um height. Well, they, I think they were. They're don't they're they have like a comeback of, or something in the nineties? Maybe. But, they, but this is like in between that. But this is three years after Walk This Way, which I think was yeah. eighty six. Okay. And, and it's tricky and all that, you know. But they um, they were that was a tone deaf decision, I think. That Atlantic yeah. City crowd didn't care about them. No, but I think most people didn't. And the song sucks. Let's it's not be a good honest. one. It's like, not good. It's not, like, listen, you're at WrestleMania. It's a mainstream crowd. Play the damn hits. Like, yeah. seriously, they like, made up like a WrestleMania rap. Yeah, it's that, really that bad. was bad. It's tone deaf, like you said. It's just bad. Yeah. Is it that bad though? Is it? I think Pamela Anderson should be number two, Quinn. Okay, I'm, Pamela Anderson. Not, just put Pamela Anderson uh, in because yeah. I, I, you're right. She, you know, she didn't do anything. Yeah, she didn't do anything. She looked like she hated wrestling. Yeah, she probably did. So for number two, Pamela Anderson. Die, die, die. We have two spots. You know who was really disappointing, believe it or not, mm-hmm. and this again goes back to WrestleMania two. Now you might not even remember this, and that's that will make my point if you okay. don't remember it. WrestleMania two had a guest 
special troubleshooting referee on the outside. Was it the uh, Dodgers guy? No, Tommy Lasorda was a ring yeah. announcer. Robert Conrad. Yes, Robert Conrad. I've seen him on this list that you we're looking at. You know who did nothing at WrestleMania? Robert Conrad did I I, zero <laughs> things. <laughs> was it? He was just an announcer, right? A guest no, ring announcer? No, he was a ref. What? Exactly. What, what is he from? Basketball? What? No, what, he was what? an actor. I never heard of this guy. Exactly. Why was he there? I don't know. But does that make him like... <laughs> yes. I would say we're we're getting to the point where... Yeah. Where maybe we actually consider... The entire gaggle of WrestleMania Seven celebrities. Oh, you want to put the whole crew in there? Yeah, or maybe they're we just, very embarrassing. The whole thing is stupid because not. Do you just mean that in that corner, right? So yeah. Trump, Ferrigno, Fonzie, and um, and Chuck Norris. But Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris is good. I don't want to. I think fucking fuck Fonzie. Fonzie. Yeah, just Fonzie. Fucking Fonzie, man. He he's just terrible. Like, but is it he that... thinks he's so good, Joe. Like, what about Jonathan Taylor Thomas? <laughs> for some reason I have a soft spot in my heart for it because I re- <clears throat> only because I remember on, there's a part <laughs> that just is so stupidly funny Backlund in chess. chess yes hated that as a it's kid it's so silly we don't need Tim Tim Allen's son here beating Bob Backlund in <laughs> yeah, chess at the hustle but mania. isn't he kind of like supposed to be a prodigy in his like um tool time character or whatever i don't know Clint, he is remember he goes really. to a special school Stop for two it. years don't or something. worry about what school he went to <laughs> so who are we putting on them we got two spots open we got to wrap this up here okay i want to nominate a, um somebody because of a lot of the bad shit that happened because of it yeah and also he's just been at so many wrestlemanias the president of the united states donald j trump because he never really did anything that mattered Okay, let's talk. Let's go through his appearances, right? And not length, not lengthy or anything. But four and five, he's there, but he looks like he's like, I don't give a shit about this. He's sitting in the front row, but you see his seat empty a lot of the time. He's the guy that I want to. He's the guy that I want to say down in front to. Yeah, he he's there, right? A lot of the time, he is not in his seat. Yeah, it's true. It's dicky, and it's it's almost like offensive for something where he was like, "Mister, like I want this here." Remember, he like pushed for it to happen. Yeah, but he's not even fucking there. So, like, what? Why? Now he's also at WrestleMania Seven in the front row. Yes, um, he's there, and then he wanders over to the, our the gaggle yes, we hate so correct. much. Then he's also at twenty. Oh, that's right. He is at 20. Yeah. Interviewed again in the crowd. Right. I think something about they say, oh, is WrestleMania going to come back? To I remember they asked him if it's going to come back. Do they really? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't or, remember that. Well. It, or maybe it was at seven. It's one of them, but it might. I feel like it was at a later one. They do it at seven for they sure. Ask, but. but they definitely ask him at 20 something. And, and then at 23 with the Battle of the Billionaires, because of all the ancillary bullshit that we had to deal with because of that appearance and like the whole Bobby Lindsay thing. <laughs> and the Bobby whole, Lindsay. Like shaving Vince's head was it ended up being bad. It took like, a to horrible me, it's like the stunner. downfall of Vince's character, really. Um, I don't know though. Can we really he, put him on? He's very consequential, like meaning that like there, there's a ripple effect because of like all the shit Trump did. <sighs> Seriously, like, and I'm not just saying that because he's an unpopular president. I'm saying that because he had like an adverse effect on wrestling. Hmm. In my opinion, like that's interesting. Seriously, not because of just his political things, but because of professional fucking wrestling. Yes, the perception I had of him from wrestling helped shape what I was like thinking during that election. I'm like, this is the same fucking guy that shaved Vince's head, like, and and had a fake Rosie O'Donnell match, and like, I have more of a problem with the guy that beat Bob Backlund in chess. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, fuck that. Little bitch. <laughs> I don't want him to beat Bob Backlund in chess. I would say that um that Run DMC is worse than Donald Trump. Really? Yeah. Huh. What did they do that was so good? Run DMC. They, they had a bad rap, and we said that. Bad. It was. Uh, Who do we got? Let, let's let's. We let's, don't have anyone. That's regroup. the whole point here. We only, we've only put in Clara Peller and Pamela Anderson. That's two. We got okay. We only got two left. Yeah. Robert Conrad did nothing. <laughs> Robert I'm serious. Con- See, that's the thing is, I don't know if doing nothing like counts. That's all. If you're supposed to do something, it might. Yeah. And he was. He's supposed to be a troubleshooting referee. Okay. And didn't we put Fonzie in? We didn't put Fonzie in. Do you Fuck want Fonzie. I'm done. I'm, I need him to be in, Joe. All right. For you, Quinn. I won't argue it. Yeah, because we're running out of names here. So it's like Fonzie. All right. For number three. <laughs> I feel we've confidently went through a lot of these names and fuck Fonzie. For number three, Henry Winkler. <laughs> fuck Fonzie. Die, die, die. Okay. I think it's, I think Donald Trump is up there. I'm you really gonna, do, I huh? really do. I, I can't say he contributed anything positive. Yeah, but was it really that negative? I'm mm-hmm. not trying to like. Excuse- what about Liberace? <laughs> what did he do? People cared at the very least. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> he, he was just there to do the Liberace dance and leave. <sighs> I, I can't. He did his job. About Jenny Garth at WrestleMania 10, she did nothing. Guest timekeeper did yeah, nothing. I, I, you know, are we ca- well? If we're counting Fonzie, we should count Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, I, 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 I would definitely be up for Mary Tyler no, I want to put her in because she didn't even know why she was there. And not Kathy Lee Crosby. No. And also, did we put Susan St. James in? No, because she was good. I like Susan St. James. She said, uh-oh, up, but she was trying. Uh-oh. And here. Mm-hmm. Mary okay. Tyler Moore is like, it's the best in uh, theatrics and everyone sounds it's, like Elvis. It's a very embarrassing appearance. Let's it put is. It that and way. somebody's like, oh, what do you think of this? Man? What about when Arnold was the uh, Terminator? Like at Triple H's entrance, like the actual Terminator. Yeah, that wasn't great. <laughs> I just say. Also, Ricky Schroeder being like a little twerp at two. Yeah, see, two is bad. Robert yeah. Conrad. Yeah. Ricky Schroeder, all that shit. <laughs> oh, what do you I think? How have we? Know? Okay, seriously. In all honesty, we've we glossed over him. Like all fairness to all these people, like Donald Trump and all this shit. Yeah. How can we not say Herb? Like, seriously. Yeah, you're right, Herb. Fucking Herb. You're like, right, are, you're are, right, like, you're Are right. we really, like, just gonna excuse Herb? You're right, Quinn. He sucks. Herb was pointless. Yeah. He literally, like, ran around like an idiot in his stupid Jameson suit, and yeah. that was it. Fuck, yeah, fuck okay. Herb. You're right. Like, Herb. Okay. For, <laughs> for, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. For, <laughs> for number four, Herb. Die, die, die. Okay, well, that's Mount Rushmore in Death Valley. Of WrestleMania celebrities, we want to know yours. You can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com or simply let us know on Facebook. Uh, that was a fun one, Quinn. Yeah. When we come back, folks, we are reviewing something back after this. We are so upset at Herb for not coming to Burger King, we're offering a Whopper for 99 cents to everybody but Herb. Just say, I'm not Herb. I'm not Herb. And get a Whopper for just 99 cents when you buy fries and a medium Pepsi. I'm not Herb. I'm not Herb. And what if your name happens to be Herb? Just say, I'm not the Herb you're looking for. Remember, a 99 cent Whopper when you buy fries and a medium Pepsi. Just for saying... That's stupid! You're stupid! Stop being stupid! Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. 
And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here on Monday, March 12th, 2018, for episode number 73. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Now, this is interesting because everyone was really excited. Last Monday, the 5th, on, uh-huh. the, on the WWE Network, there was a big drop of all these episodes of All-Star Wrestling. from 70 or 90 yeah. episodes, like a lot. From the late 70s up to uh, the early 80s. And everyone was very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And what I have to say is, what the hell is wrong with you people? This sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have watched our live reviews uh, and you would have known. See? We've, We've been covered through the this, ringer here. Covered this pretty heavily, including All Star and, and Championship. And but they're championship. like the same damn show same anyway. Freaking show. Uh, Quinn, today we're doing WWF All Star Wrestling, July 26th, the heat mm. of the summer, 1980. Okay, so now we're going back to pre live review territory because, folks, if you haven't joined, like we mentioned at the top of the show, on our Patreon, we have been doing 1982 Championship with some All Star mixed in. Yeah. Um, so we're familiar with the way they operate. Yeah. Th- this show is not uncharted territory no. anymore for me. This is growing on me. This, the way this is. Use but, bleach. Yeah. But this is um, earlier than that. So uh, we'll see how it takes this yeah, time. We'll see how this goes. The earliest thing that we've reviewed, WWF wise, was our first review, episode number 11. Mm. where we did championship from 1978. So this is not the oldest thing we've ever done. It's not the oldest, and it's right in the middle of that and the stuff we're doing from 82. So it's a lot of the same guys, the same presentation on television. And just a quick recap, All-Star Wrestling is the show that eventually became Challenge. Right, it's the B show. (laughs) It's the B show. Now, back then, I feel like there was a little less of a delineation between the A and the B. Well, it seems like... I guess depending on the area or the time or whatever the hell, like you right. didn't, you either got all star or championship. One That's or the what other. it seems like. Vince is on both. A lot of the same wrestlers are on it's both. It's completely interchangeable, <laughs> other than like it's a different arena for both. Yeah. This, uh, and I say arena in quotes because. Very generous term <laughs> yeah, there, Quinn. Very generous, yeah. <laughs> the, by that logic, our bathroom is an arena. Right. Because this is um, in Hamburg, which is kind of where this was a lot. Allentown, of course, where Petey lives, you right. know, where he greets us where from. Where he greets us from there, yeah. <laughs> this is where championship was a lot. But anyway, Quinn, I guess we'll get right to the review, right? Right. First thing I have to note. Is the WWE Network helpfully points out that this is TV 14. Right. Very and violent. You know what? What? It's so gritty back then. Yeah. That this, I'm okay. Like, they, it should be TV 14. Lots of punches. Yeah. Lots of punches. Lots and of it's, violence. They don't screw around on these old shows. <laughs> like, it's like you're watching wrestling. Like, that's it, what you and I were saying yeah, today, right? Yeah. You sit down and you're watching wrestling. Somebody might get hurt. Like, it, it's not, right. it, you know, there's sharp edges in the r- arena. Like, <laughs> it's rickety. Yeah, it's rickety. It's, it's not maybe up to code. <laughs> I wouldn't think this place is up to code. Uh, Quinn, we get the disclaimer throughout the show, including at the top, that this is presented in the most complete form possible due to technical difficulties. I want to know what's cut out because it's like 40-something minutes. Yeah. And that when we do, like, our live reviews, we know how long these shows are about. It can't be that much. It can't be that much. If you guys know out there, let us know. Right. Um, we weren't sure about the theme. It's definitely not the song that Quinn is addicted to right now. Uh, Gemini Dream. Yes, correct. Yes. Um, it's, a, it's a shame that it's not that song because I think that's the most hype intro to a wrestling program right now. It's, um, it, it's so good. I'm not going to disagree with you. Quinn, we're hosted by the Canary Yellow Twins. 
Bruno San Martino. Yep. And good condition, Vince. Yep. Welcome to All Star Wrestling. This is Vince McMahon here at ringside, sitting next to wrestling's living legend, Bruno San Martino. He's we always, always make fun of Bruno. He always calls him Vince. Yes. Like every time. And his wig is exceptionally great here because I know Bruno it does not have that much hair. Are you sure? Sh- okay. I'm almost positive. I Bruno had a fro in the 70s. That was a wig? I th- That might be like he might be covering a big bald spot. Huh. Uh, so Bruno says it's a uh, very exciting Vince and you said to me Quinn that they're acting like they're in the NFL with this attire yeah or something. I mean it's that it's that early 80s like this week, and- this week in football or whatever the hell that show was that's like supposed to be the greatest thing ever yes. remember that that whole ESPN thing about it oh yeah but it's like that's what they're wearing basically and they they have these um handkerchief things but they look like cop shields. Yes. Like they're huge. They're very, very bold. Yeah. <laughs> very bold. The, the, whole, the whole attire here is bold. And and they're glowing in the <laughs> screen because you know how this footage is in these old yes. shows where it's like the edges it's glow, that, it's the it's posterized. That, yeah, that VHS fade <laughs> to it. Quinn, let's go to ringside. We have Gary Michael Capetta as our announcer. He normally did the All-Stars. Uh, Jim, right. Jim Barbecue did championship. Yeah, Jim Barbecue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our first match here is Ron Shaw versus Hall of Famer. Patterson. Yep. And uh, they both kind of get booed. And you said it's kind of weird watching Patterson in full-time wrestler mode. Yeah, it's 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 very odd, actually. Like, I'm so used to seeing him get punched with a red <laughs> jacket on. Or... The crowd is very quiet as uh, Patterson grabs a headlock. He said it's a thrilling contest. Thrilling, just absolutely <laughs> thrilling contest. And this shit's long as hell. It is long. We lay around the headlock for a while. Bruno finally talks like a few minutes into the match. And that's not counting the, like, the, the fink thing too also because they they take out the inserts where the fink will be yeah. like saying like this week in yeah. uh, middlesex new jersey yeah. you know like <laughs> no but seriously like they it's true so those are not in these versions on the network which no, the local is, inserts that's understandable sure. i mean like no one local is watching this anymore. Well, also, if you're thinking, if you really think about it, which one would they make it right. for? Like, would they just keep the New York one or New Jersey one? Right. So, um, we get some punches. Shaw bails to the outside. Quinn, you uh, were pontificating on the advent of the plancha later in life. Yes, and- it felt like it's important now because, like, <laughs> Tell okay, me why. because Shaw here, who mm-hmm. reminds me of Mike Enos for some dumb reason, by the way, I don't know why. Combination of height and build. Yeah. He, like, just goes outside mm-hmm. and it's, like, safe, basically. It's like if right. anyone ever plays a fighting game, you know how they say some moves are safe? Right, right, right. Like, just, it's safe out there. Like, you can't, like, nobody's gonna jump on you or yeah. anything. Nowadays, it's like, don't you can't fucking just go mosey out there. around outside. You can't mosey around because, like, Finn Balor's gonna do, like, a backflip right. over the rope onto your face. Like, see? So, so, you know, everyone's complaining about there's too many planches. Well, this is why <laughs> we have them because you, you can't be Mike Shaw and just go wander on the outside and catch your breath. Pat Patterson with a knee to the ass, and then he mm-hmm. spreads uh, Shaw's legs on the mat. <sighs> yeah, no comment. All right. Yeah. A very fat man. Has a big open shirt in the front row, (laughs) and you justified it. You're like, hey, it's hot. It is fucking (laughs) hot there. Like, this is just another side story, but, like, I was watching another, like, championship or all-star the same day, and there's one where Vince, in an interview, like, brags that Madison Square Garden is newly (laughs) air-conditioned. So it's like, it was a novelty for there to be air-conditioned. So this guy having his shirt open and sitting with his yeah. legs spread is like, it's necessity, really. And, and he, he's the, there the whole time. He is there the whole time, and it's the dead of summer in the Northeast. Yeah. So it's probably in the 90s outside right? in late July, right? I can't right? imagine 
how hot it was Ooh. inside. It's probably like when I went to that Sayreville show as a kid, and <laughs> yeah. like, they were like taking people out on stretchers because it was so hot. <laughs> I thought it was because it was so boring. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you asked me, is Patterson any good? Yeah, Which is a fair question. Um, other than outside of that boot camp match, Slaughter. this this is garbage. His prime, it, from what I understand, Quinn, and I'm not going to pretend that I've seen it, yeah. is the late '60s in in the California Roy Shires territory. Prime. The I mean, he's been 60s. wrestling it for a decade, not in his prime. Yeah, probably into the seventies, but I think by eighty, like he, what did he retire? Eighty four. Eighty four. Yeah, he was kind of. I think the slaughter feud was the last real like thing he he's did. really wrestling because yeah. he's just kind of like he's phoning it in here. Yeah, like I, like literally, he yeah. could be on the phone. Yeah, and the match would be the same. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's not exactly. good. That was a no no. Vince didn't want to do that at all. Uh, but at least they both have knee pads, both guys. That's true. And uh, Patterson's sporting a Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> look. <laughs> You're uh, right. Which leads me to believe maybe you know since he had everything to do with everything back in the 90s and 80s and stuff, Mm -hmm. maybe he was the one who said, Stone Cold, you should wear this. And he gave him his old trunks or something. I don't know, like Rocky. Rock hard Pat Patterson. Yeah. Uh, So Pat Ramshaw's legging in the post. Then a little girl, a little two-year-old, decides to toddle into the ringside area. It's very (laughs) nice. That goes to show you the local quaint nature of all of this. Like Fat guy lounging around with his big belly out. Kids wandering into the frame. It's like a barbecue of my uncle's. Yeah, later on, like there's part where like the match is over and yeah. just like gaggles of children just like come to ringside it's nobody real. stops it like it's real. just like okay this is this is what happens <laughs> it's like at yankee stadium mm-hmm. you ever go and then you know one of the like third baseman comes to the side yeah. and like all the kids Hi. run up yeah. and, they, and they just slide. it's kind of like that atmosphere except in wrestling that's actually a very good analogy. Quinn. Yeah. Very well done. Back body drop into a Boston Crab gets the win for Pat Patterson. We get a slow motion replay, allegedly, but I think it was just played at full speed. <laughs> yeah, I said that to you. Whoa, we're getting in slow-mo. Yeah. I thought that was the whole time. <laughs> uh, next match here. This is a, this is actually a good match. Change of pace for us, too. Yeah, really, um, because this is the opposite of the last match. We have Rick Martell, who's young, not a model yet, you know, not even teamed with Gurria yet, yep. from what I understand. Anyway, tattoos himself. <laughs> Versus Johnny Rods, Quinn. Now, Johnny Rods. Ah, Johnny Rods. This is someone on our live reviews we have been campaigning for and championing. Quinn first and then me. He's the best, Joe. For the whole entire time. He is so fucking good. He is the most underrated person, I think, I in, in the era. history of the WWF, Whoa. possibly. Wow. Like, I'm okay. serious. Okay. Like, okay. He gets no respect. Like Rodney like, Dangerfield. Yeah, like Rodney yeah. Dangerfield. Johnny Rodney Dangerfield. And he's immensely over. He is. He gets fucked over a lot. He does. He's from New York. He, yeah, the refs are always on his case. But he, you know what? The, the thing with Johnny Rods that I like the most is he's the only one, first of all, that seems like he's trying every time. Like he wants to win. Right. Like he looks like he wants to win. And in turn, that's the second thing I like is that he makes it seem real. He does. He makes it seem like there's stakes in mm-hmm. every match, even Absolutely. on this dinky all-star wrestling. It's like, <laughs> no, it's a fucking Johnny Rods match, and he's going to try, damn it. And he's going to try to get that win. Most of the time he loses. Yeah. Occasionally he wins. <laughs> Occasionally. I think his finisher's like the pile driver or something. I've definitely seen him win with that. He uses, he likes the pile driver a lot. If you don't know about Johnny Rods. Check him out. Look into him, because he's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of people look at him like, oh, Hall of Famer. Like, what is he like? Coco Beware. Yeah. Like, I've never heard of him or, or whatever. Yeah. He's the fucking shit, man. And if you watched anything prior to like the Hulkamania era, and I know he leaked in there a little bit, but a little. like he was like a constant. 
Rods. I just I can't say enough good things about Rods, and you'll see while we're going through this yep. match how fucking great he is. Yep, and he's also got a proud Garden State Pest Control shirt on. Yeah, um, so- <laughs> that, that should tell you enough. That see, this is the fucking shit with Johnny Rods. He's so good. He's, and he's unpredictable. He's so unpredictable. <laughs> so he chokes Martell with the shirt to start. Gilberto Roman, the referee, Gorilla's favorite, doesn't mind. Rods kills Martell on the outside, but it's Mar- awesome. Yeah, it is yeah. awesome. Martell chokes back, rams Rods into the post. Rods has one knee pad, Quinn. He's unpredictable, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> back inside, and Martell swings away, slugs away, and Rods goes down. Back to the outside, Rods body slams Martell onto the basketball court. Okay, so just to pause here for a second, just listen to all that stuff Joe just said, right? Like, this guy's like wrestling like a hardcore style. It's awesome. Like, there's supposed to be like very strict rules back then. Rods is a fucking brawler, but he can also wrestle. He's great. He's, he's absolutely versatile. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's like he's he's kind of like the the what would you call like the the heart? He's like the heart of these shows. He is. He's like the the anchor. Yeah. The he's warrior. The heart and soul of championship wrestling and all star wrestling. He's the Paul O'Neill. Yeah. Of, of this era. Right. How the heck did you get in here? <laughs> back inside, Rods drop kicks Martell to the outside. They get back inside. The fat guy now that we mentioned, he's even more proud. Yeah. With it, like he a little bit more open now. Well, he's probably like ah Johnny Rods. <laughs> yeah. Like he's chilling, man. And you know that guy's a Johnny Rods fan. He ain't Hell a Rick yeah. Martell fan. Yeah. And for the record here, they both got cheered. Both guys, yeah. Rods and Martell. So that's the weird thing about Rods. By the way, I want to say is like he's he, technically he's, a heel. He's very heavily supposed to be a heel like there's no question he's a heel right but not only on these like tv tapings as you get cheered where Mm -hmm. they see him every week which kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. but you go to watch a match with him in the garden or the spectrum he's over he gets some of the biggest pops back then it's like weird i know and and I the announcers always have to cover for it. Yeah. Like they're always like, "Oh, Johnny Rods is popular here, huh?" Yeah, like this they area. Always, like, why would, did he never get a push? Like, it's <laughs> unbelievable. He's I know. literally one of the most over people. And I know you'll say he did get a push against Bruno in like the '60s or something, but like he's still over he's in so like good. 1983. Like he's really, really good. Yeah. Absolutely. So he punches Martell a bunch of times, then cups off the top rope with a flying stop. Martell catches him off the ropes, takes him down, then ties him in the ropes, and the crappily shoulder blocks him as the crowd boos because Rods is tied up in the ropes. Martell is being a heel, taking yeah, advantage so of this. One of his hands got tied up in the ropes by accident, right? Yes. Of his own doing. But then Martell, like, saunters over, puts the other one in the ropes, and Gilberto, who I fucking hate that guy anyway, See? he's, like, taking his damn time to, like, help him out. Are always against like yep. him and Estrada. Like it's it's a real thing. Racial like, profi- profiling. It's yeah, a real it's, thing. It's real. It's like, real. I it, I've seen enough now that I know Joe. Like Quinn's I know outraged. that it's bullshit. Like, <laughs> and also should we note that like anytime Rods has gone for a pin, like it's a slow count. But anytime he gets like slightly pinned, it's yes. like, like it's like what the fuck? Quinn's pissed. Rods is still on the ropes because, like Quinn mentioned, Gilberto's just kind of dicking around. But finally, Rods fights back with a body slam and a knee drop. Martell catches him in a roll-up for a fast two-count that Rods literally kicks out of. In fact, they show the replay, and they freeze-frame, of course, on the like three-count, as they always do. But in this particular case, Joe, yep, it's very apparent he kicked out. Shoulder like, was up. It's like all the way up. Like, blatantly up. So, of course, Martell gets the win. Right. Bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. And I told you before this match, one of two things will happen. Rods will get screwed on a, on a fast count. Mm-hmm. Or 
uh, he'll just get disqualified for absolutely no reason. And it was uh, option number A, door yeah. number one, if you yeah. will. We've seen it before. It kept happening, apparently, because yep. we saw it a bunch in 1982 also. Yeah, that's like two years. This is two years before it's still happening. I'm sure it happened in 1975. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Let's go to Bruno at ringside with a very pointless interview with Rick Martel, who, and he introduces Rick from uh, Quebec, Canada. <laughs> yeah. Quebec in Canada. Rick. <laughs> Bruno also, and this is July of 80, calls it the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. He's uh, very confused. It's not anymore. Fans here in the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, of course, you're new to them. Uh, Martel says everyone here is a tough athlete, blah, blah, blah. Bruno says Rick is in great shape, of course. And I'm waiting for him to be like, fuck you, Tito Santana. (laughs) You're a loser. You're a loser. (laughs) Let's get another interview, because really, we need this one. This is Bruno now with Fred Blassie, uh, Pink (laughs) Moo. This is a very interesting interview, yeah. Jeff. With the hangman. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who that is. He he looks like shit. He's very sweaty. But apparently everyone else does because they keep saying like he has a different name and all this yeah. shit. It's, this is a strange interview because Blassie calls Bruno uh, McMahon. McMahon, if you will. Sam Martino. Right, once, which I think was a genuine accident, but yes. then it turns into this thing. This recurring thing. Apparently the hangman beat Steve King in six minutes. Who cares? Remember Steve King? I think he was a jobber. He was. Yeah. Blassie says the hangman is the best wrestler in Europe. <laughs> yeah. And he- Bruno's like, I don't want him to be named Hangman. Let's not call him that. So Blasty's like, okay. What is he, Commissioner Bruno? Yeah, what like, is what this? fucking right does he have to? Re- <laughs> and what is, is he that guy? Like, you yeah. can't just rename somebody. <laughs> Who does he think he is? Yeah. So Blasty's like, fine, we'll rename him. And uh, the the pencil neck geek that wins gets an autographed picture of me and the Hangman. Yeah, he turns it into like a contest. I have no idea where this went. Blasty calls Bruno McMahon again, and you ask me why is the Hangman so sweaty? Like he is dripping, and he's not saying anything. The camera's barely on him the whole time. This yeah. is about him. Like, it's just Blassy and Bruno oh the whole God. time. And why is this interview so long? We're it's making ridiculous. it sound short. Yeah, it's it's so long. It's really long. Like, it's like five minutes on like a 46-minute show or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> and they keep talking about where the hangman is from and Blassy won't say. And then Blassy says Italy and Puerto Rico. What is this promo? <laughs> I don't know. Why do they have so much time? <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Blassy calls him McMahon. Again. Come on. <laughs> okay, here's the thing is that they he had literally one point to make about him being from Europe and winning like yeah. 12 tournaments yeah, or some yeah, yeah. bullshit. But they're just redoing that over and, and over, over and over, over for five minutes and interspersing it with like McMahon by accident. Right. Like, <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. Bruto closes this promo on the line of the day, at least. He right. says, It's very obvious Blassie's got problems right now. <laughs> Fade away. <laughs> Sad. Right, it's very obvious Fred Blassie's got here. some problems right now. More, more mental than physical. But with that, Vince, I'll give it back to you. Next match here is uh, Angelo or Angel. They can't seem to know his name. Maravilla, we huh? think, or Mar- Maravilla. We don't yeah. know. They don't know. Versus uh, <laughs> Charlie Sharkey. What is this match? Who's the jobber? <laughs> Who the fuck is the jobber? I don't know. I never I've heard. never heard of either of these people. They they finally start to act like one of them's important. Yeah, and, Bob Vila. And Vila, Marvila. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever his Peter name is. Peter Marvila. They keep at, like, the way they're saying his name, it sounds like Bob Vila. It does. So, Bob like, Vila. Bob Vila. Bob yeah. Vila. I am Bob Vila. Hi, I'm Bob Vila. Gilberto is the ref again, Quinn, your favorite. Yep. Uh, update on our fat guy in the front row. His shirt is now almost off. He's just, he it's just... too fucking hot here. <laughs> like, the hangman should have been proof enough. <laughs> the hangman's got less clothes on and yeah. he's dripping. This guy 
guys, this poor guy. I know. You've heard of Suplex City. Well, it's Arm Drag City by uh, Bob Vila here. Yeah. Quinn, this is a match. Yup, it's totally Kim Kardashian. <laughs> this is a match. <laughs> match. Crowd is practically silent. No it's one like cares. Library yeah. in there. Bob Vila wins with an elbow headbutt thing or some shit. Who cares? Quinn's still upset at this point about Rod's getting screwed. I'm like still talking about it. It upsets me. No, uh, you were upset. It really does bother me. I know. It bothers me too. I actually really like Johnny Rod's. Let's cut to uh, championship wrestling. Yeah, blatantly. Blatantly. Like it's not even Hamburg, Germany no. anymore or whatever. <laughs> with Jim Barbecue. Yep, Jim BBQ. There he is. And we've got uh, a <laughs> handicap match here. We have Marco Polo and uh, some gypsy guy. I think his name is Mark Polo, but come on. You yeah. know that you know they want us to just say Marco Polo. Yeah, and it's Gypsy some guy. Like, Gypsy's his nickname. The Gypsy. The Gypsy Somebody guy. the Gypsy. Ah, the Gypsy, man. Yeah. Versus Andre, and we hear Vince, like, off-screen yelling something. Yeah, like, he's like, get on him on camera, camera or yeah. something. Like, Island on camera. Not supposed to hear that. And, you know, as soon as Andre comes out, the one mm-hmm. thing with Andre during this era is, like, well, you know who's going to win this match. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Andre has his red panties on, and he's in pretty good shape, like for him. And yeah, you, he's you moving like around. I love this version because why it, is that? He seems dangerous. Like right. he's not like a dinosaur. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and he can't walk. And Foot. you know, if you knock him over, it might be like a while before he gets up. <laughs> like he's legit. Like. Going all over the place, Bouncing punching around, people. Yeah, yeah like getting it's, around. It's good. Yeah, I think you're right. And the crowd, by the way, too, is much better here as Andre kind of laughs his way through it. Yeah. You know, it's an Andre handicap now, match. The crowd's always good for Andre match, but this is like, I think just because it's Allentown, like, it's just a better crowd. It's a better crowd. It's Allentown, a better taping, probably. Yeah. Maybe more stars were there. Right. Probably Bob Backlund or something. Right. Maybe it's yeah. not as hot in there. Yeah. But uh, it, Andre's just kind of laughing his way through it. You know yeah. how a, you know how an Andre handicap match is <laughs> if you've ever seen <laughs> one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Bruno is also very jovial here. Yep. Which is rare for him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe that there's anybody else in a world world of wrestling that uh, that is undefeated that's been wrestling that is, you know, on top uh, for a period of time. And we have a funny exchange here is, uh, you know, Bruno goes on about how Andre is a great athlete. He plays his rugby and soccer. I highly <laughs> doubt that. I highly doubt he played soccer. I, I don't know. Maybe he did. I really don't think so. I'm sure somebody's going to be like, oh, Andre the Giant played soccer for Milan, Italy or something or some shit. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, on the Alps team. Yeah. And then Vince decides to reminisce about Andre facing Don Leo Jonathan. What? Don Leo Jonathan. And he really gave Andre a run for his money. Hey, remember like, the weird, like, he, he Vince was, reminiscing? He was saying that, like, Vince Andre, never... like, the only time anybody ever, like, almost beat him or yeah, something yeah. was, like, Don Leo Jonathan. Yes. Uh, Vince is like, hey, remember when he fought him? And they're kind of already building, you can tell, the Andre undefeated gimmick, which they always kept. But also, because this is before um, the Shea Stadium show. Right. This is a couple of weeks before so, Shea. Hogan, so obviously. Yeah, so they're trying to showcase, all right, he is... Uh, vulnerable, but right. he's still damn tough to beat. I mean, he, he didn't look vulnerable here. He Not beat here. the fuck out of these two guys. Yep. So Andre basically just says he's had enough. He boots, um, I don't know, the gypsy guy or Marco Polo and butt drops him for the win. Yeah, it's almost like it's like, get these gnats yeah. off of me. I'm tired of this. They, like, I think somebody like kind of punched him and then he just had enough. Like, he's he, like, All right, I'm done. He like whipped one of them away and they yep. went flying out of the ring yep. and then he just like suplexed the other <laughs> and just sat on him. Yep. Um, and we stay at Championship Wrestling here for our final match, Jose Estrada versus Tony Atlas. And Quinn, you had a very much bewildered reaction about Tony yeah, I Atlas. I was like, how is Tony Atlas already here? Because, and the reason Quinn's saying that yeah. is because he's literally doing, Tony Atlas is, the same shit that we're watching him do in 1982. Yeah, he he's treated like a newcomer in 1982. How the fuck long <laughs> has this guy been around? He sucks. 
<laughs> He's been a newcomer for like what six years now? Like what? What the fuck is this? I don't know. I actually didn't know he was already there in eighty. Also, yeah, he was on and off there until like eighty six, and he never was good. Other than that, good. like tag title win that like everyone's all excited about, and I'm sure we'll get to that one day. Yeah, yeah, in, in our live reviews. Now, Jose Estrada, Quinn, you were going on about how he's he's good, but he's kind of the lazier version of John right. Rods. Okay, so Jose Estrada and Rods they t- they team up a lot, and I yeah they do like. If Rods is like the Ric Flair of jobbers, then Estrada's like his Arn Anderson. Okay, fair but enough. But like Estrada is like basically lazier. Like, he is. He's it's not like as intense. Sometimes he gets some good offense, but then he kind of never follows up with it. And I'm, mm. all, I'm like, damn, Estrada, like you could be good, but you just, you don't look to Johnny. You don't, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> gotta ask, to Johnny. you gotta ask him what you're doing. Cause you, you're on the right track. Like Estrada's exciting. Yeah. He kind of, he kind of like, fights like johnny rods like right. sort of but sure. he just you know he gives up halfway all the time <laughs> that's <laughs> just a good upsetting point. that's a good point vince however um as by the way the story of this match is tony atlas is strong great uh as vince calls estrada i'll agree with this assessment one of the more underrated wrestlers i totally agree i think estrada's got a lot of potential yep absolutely and, does but i mean he's overshadowed by his partner rods there he was so much so that he became a conquistador and put yeah. a hood on himself right. you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh vince says if estrada was taller he'd be better but you had a problem with that you said like he's only a little shorter yeah, than tony atlas they're acting like he's a midget compared to tony yeah. atlas he's like an inch <laughs> shorter so uh, maybe if he was taller he'd be better bigger superstar yeah i think it's more just like they don't like that estrada doesn't have as much hair or something yeah, like well, not as muscular maybe yeah. uh tony kind of uh i guess we'll call it the atlas is up yeah know? basically <laughs> it is a hulk up just it's a hulk with up. atlas headbutts body slam but estrada won't go down but finally a couple of nice drop kicks by atlas i'll give him that into a very wussy press slam for the win like as the show yeah, literally it like all-star wrestling comes on the screen as he's pinning him yeah. and we see like the countdown to some episode with patera like on the corner <laughs> right like and that's our show i mean that was uh, i'll tell you what you won't find this on the turn me up podcast all right turn yeah. the time the podcast the world this is the only podcast the first podcast this is the realist joe to break all-star wrestling from july yeah, 26 breaking it down breaking that's it right. down any way we can quinn what did you think of this it's fun yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like I like I said, this is stuff's growing on me more and more and I don't know, like I'm it's not okay. it's I feel like I've conquered like a final frontier lately of like wrestling that pre Hulkamania in the WWF era. Yeah, finally. Like I, I you feel finally like, let it into your heart. Yeah. I you know, again, I was talking with someone today actually about that, just like how like I get it now. Like if I was to explain how mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. to like a new fan, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like watching NXT every week. And what I mean by that is when you watch NXT, most episodes, it's just this kind of shit, like jobber matches and like maybe a featured contest or two. Right. Like, right. and it, like nothing really happens. And it's the regularity in which you watch it is what makes it good. I agree and with it you. It slowly yeah. creeps up on you. And all of a sudden, after watching it for a couple months, you care about everyone for some reason. See, there you like, go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I would say, yeah, I, I agree with your assessment. It, yeah. it is, it's a chapter of a longer story, a show like right. this. Uh, and it's the paperback edition because yeah. championship is the hard yeah, cover. Yeah, you know, exactly. The, the feature, but this was a, a nice slice of 1980. I, I would certainly say that the, the Rods Martell match was the highlight of the show. As awesome. Rods always is the highlight. Yep. Generally. Um, generally is. Whatever he's involved in. Sad not to see any Albano because he's certainly a much more engaging talker at this point than uh, Blassie. Yeah. I but mean, it was fun. You know, again, about the three wise men, but like. Yeah, no wizard either. Yeah, no wizard, but um, 
you know, it, it's apparent to me that Blassie is the weakest. At this point, anyway. Yeah. Maybe maybe five years earlier, he had something to him. And but I know it's a controversial opinion, because a lot of people think Blassie was the best. I think Albano is the best I of think those Albano's three. clearly the best. Wizard's always been number two to me. He's like the Jimmy Hart of like this time <laughs> period. I like him as a talker, too. I don't mind yeah. him at all. But folks, we hope you like this show, and uh, obviously, until next time, we'll be happy to bring you... Hey, do you hear that? What? The phone? What is... Okay. Oh, you better get it, Jeff. Okay, let's get the phone. Hello? Hey, is this the uh, OVP podcast? Uh, yeah. This is uh, Joe and Quinn. What's going on? Who's this? This is, hey, hey, it's Conrad fucking Thompson. Uh, what? what? Holy shit. Hi, Conrad. Uh, what could we do for you? I heard you've been talking shit on your stupid little OPP podcast. Nobody even listens to this shit. Meanwhile, you think it's okay to bother me. But, but, but hang on, Conrad. The only thing is, is like, we, we just, we say that stuff as a joke, you know, like we, we didn't. Yeah, we think, didn't mean it. No, we didn't mean it. We were just having some fun. We didn't think you'd give a shit. Shit is what your podcast is, my friend, but not me. You see, I'm the two time, two time podcast of the year and nobody's ever heard of your shit so yeah but go I, fuck yourself I, I, and roll tide motherfucker no but jeez i oh uh, that was whew, uh i guess didn't we didn't expect that i guess we struck a, a chord there i think he got pissed joe i think he I might think... be a little mad there i guess until next time we'll see you um we'll see you next week for another yeah. episode uh, hopefully there'll be a yeah, and hopefully we'll still be here. Hopefully um, we'll still be here. Stay tuned uh, Thursday for a Hall of Fame bite. Yeah. Got a lot of nice stuff coming for uh, our uh, our podcast. Well, and, until next time, I'm, uh, I'm Joe Morata. This is Michael Quinn, and we're, uh, we're getting out of here. Uh, yeah, see ya. See ya. You know nobody handled... Steve King the way the hangman has for almost six minutes Steve King was in there fighting for his life the hangman could have pinned him within 30 seconds and I kept yelling no no make him suffer and I guarantee that's just what he did for almost six minutes Steve King was not able to apply one hold not even a half a hold that looked like anything I guarantee you, which only goes to prove what I've been saying right along, I'm going to come back from my world tour with a ranking wrestler. And that's just what I did. I brought back the number one ranked wrestler in Europe today. The man for the past nine years has won every tournament in Europe. Every month there's a tournament and throughout the whole Europe over there. And a man has won all 12 every year for nine consecutive years. Roll Roll time, motherfucker. motherfucker.